Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. I will be your host today, Ben Moore, and I am joined by Michael Huber. Yo. And Brad Ellis. Yo. Dub boys. Uh, the boys, yep. Dub boys. Yeah, these are these are always. I always look forward to these episodes, uh, just because like you Same. guys are really fun. To I don't know. They just feel a little bit looser in a good way. Um, you could say it. we're the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. There you go. We're the best. We're the just best. The best. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we're kind of like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel uh, with this pandemic, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. People are getting vaccinated. Um, and so, I, I, you know, you don't have to like act on this, of course, like be safe and all that stuff. But now that we're we're getting to the end of this pandemic, what is like the number one thing you're excited about? What's at the forefront of your mind hmm. once you can get out there and experience things somewhat <sighs> normally? Uh, I'm excited just to honestly go back to the office with you guys. Yeah. And hang out. Yeah. And talk like we used to playing games on the couch together you know it's a different oh, energy yeah 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 totally uh dodger games for me there you go season yeah. just just started up got fans in the stadiums limited capacity but uh you know the season goes all the way till october so at yeah. some point hopefully you know huber i was just going to say that you have something that like i don't understand because i don't follow any sports at all and I was like, man, I wonder what that's like, like being invested in a sports team. But then I'm like, well, it's probably how I feel about like fighting game tournaments and how I get invested. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be yeah, that yeah. different. Yeah. Same. So. Yeah. You let you find someone you really like or relate yeah. to and you just love their energy and vibe and yeah. just root for them for sure. Um, I've said movies, I've said concerts, but something that I was thinking about today, I was like, man, I just miss like going out to eat. <laughs> like yeah, it was some- somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think me and my wife have just spent so much time in our apartment that like it would be nice to like just get out there and enjoy food. I don't know. It's just like it gets you away from things, and I, I mm-hmm. think you can just have like some nice chill conversation, good good change of scenery. It's simple, you know. It's the simple things. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like I really want to see Black Widow, but I'm just I know no matter what, even after I'm vaccinated fully, a movie theater is gonna feel weird. I know. Oh That's the it's thing. It's gonna be so yeah. weird. It's gonna be... I've thought about oh. that too, Huber, where like yeah. even when it's like okay, is it gonna yeah. feel the same? Like yeah. You just gotta take the leap, man. You're yeah. gonna have to take after, the leap. After after a certain amount of time, I'm sure it'll eventually get back to normal. But I feel like those early early things we do, yeah, like mm-hmm. right after vaccinations are gonna be just a little weird. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna be pissed. I have to go back to a movie theater, dude, to see something. I'm like, fuck. I was really like Bozo's adamant about going. being bummed that I couldn't see that I didn't see Godzilla versus Kong in the theater. I saw it at home on HBO Max, and now that I've done it, I'm like, actually, this is kind of nice. Like, just watching it yeah. whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. It's but not like, the end of the world. Yeah, it's like, great having the options. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like I totally sure. understand the vibe. Like seeing Kong. Godzilla in the theater, like that's the way to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. isn't you would uh, you would have felt this in your chest. yeah you would feel it in your chest yeah. <laughs> isn't uh, Black Widow also Disney Plus now in July? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I thirty forgot, bucks, though, dude. So thirty I guess bucks. That's like two tickets for movies right. almost. God. Around here at least. Shit. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Well. 
I guess like Halloween will be that's my goal. The Halloween Halloween in the theater. Halloween kills. I love Let's go. <laughs> going to a movie and spending like more on basic concessions than you do the actual ticket. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. that gotta get that icy, dude. Halloween Halloween sequel, dude, that's that's an icy popcorn. Yeah. You guys do the, the ICs, huh? I might have to do oh, that. Yeah. I see is like my favorite theater <laughs> joint. Isn't that Don's go to also? It is. It is. Man, I'm, a, Dude, I'm simple. Yeah. I, I just like it. I can't go to a movie in the theater and not get popcorn. Like it just feels Don't wrong. Too. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And uh, and a Coke. But oh, it's yeah, a sure. Ice Coke. Yeah. Uh, Huber, Brad, and myself. It's nice because we've actually all spent uh, a fair bit of time in this game. It's kind of the hotness of right now. Uh, Hubert, you've obviously spent the most, and that is Outriders. And I have strange feelings about this game. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to know kind of what you guys think. Rough around the edges, but so great. Mm-hmm. So great. Uh, really just love the core combat. Just yes. solo or with friends. Either way, just as fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get people in there, obviously it really starts to sing and you can synergize and just get nuts. Uh, but solo as well, just as fun. Uh, really good enemy variety. I love that Like they're constantly throwing humans and monsters just kind of all at you all the time. New variations of that. Um and just the journey to max level and how your capabilities change just w- not only with skills and class points but weapons and mods mm-hmm. uh just like giving you a really good weapon but oh it's a sniper rifle i don't usually use these but it's way better than what i have so i'm going to use it mm-hmm. and then just like finding all the mods like i am obsessed with mods in this game it is so fun every single time you dismantle a new mod you add it to your collection and then when you see the weaponsmith uh the doctor you can swap in any of those weapon mods but the beauty of it is when you find a gun say you find a gun that has two mods on it you can only swap one of those the one you swap it will lock into place the other one so there's still that hope and that like slot machine dopamine rush of getting that perfect loot drop uh because then you can you know you get a good mod and then you mod the other one so just super super addicting and fun yeah how free form the modding system is is really Mm -hmm. nice and and how much you can get in there and and tinker and Mm -hmm. like i i also love um how limited you are and i say this is a positive with your abilities, you know, you can only have three active abilities at a time. Yeah. And I've definitely found situations where it's like, ah, I wish I had this mod equipped in this situation, but when I'm fighting against a boss, I want these. And so it's doing Mm -hmm. exactly the thing that you want this kind of like RPG loot driven thing to do is Mm -hmm. making you feel like, which direction am I going? And like, not just like, sticking on a path and then being like content for the rest of the game. Like you're constantly have this doubt in the back of your mind. You're constantly want to experiment um, and you're limited enough that I think the game gives you reason to do that. Not only with Mm -hmm. the skills, but then the gear and the mods that modify the skills. And it's just, it's just a nice, um, 
it's nice feeling encouraged to get out of your comfort zone. Totally. Yeah, the class skill points as well. There's like three tiers mm-hmm. per class. So there's like four classes and then each of the classes is like three three sections or whatever that you can like kind of subclass. Um, there's only 20 skill points you can get, which initially I was like, ah, oh, I kind of would want more to kind of like mix and match and mm-hmm. really experiment with the builds like... You kind of have to, from what I can tell and have experimented with, mainly with Devastator, I've played uh, a little bit of Trickster and more of the Technomancer, kind of like throwing turrets out there mm-hmm. and stuff. But just with the Devastator, like the specs, it's like, all right, I can I can spec more shotgun damage, which is always cool, sure. Mm-hmm. But then the other, the other one is like you can spec defense and then the other one is like, all right, spec your power strength i would have liked a little more variety there that really shook shook up the class itself but Mm. i think because of like you were saying ben with just having a few skills yeah and all the mods and stuff it is kind of a nice balance not too overwhelming so maybe that would have just overwhelmed i think i think it's kind of cool that you have to sort of commit down a path right yeah yeah it's a commitment it's a commitment totally and i think what also kind of alleviates it is you could respect at any time. So yeah. if you're not yeah. happy with what you've got, you can um, mm-hmm. change it around. Yeah. And, uh, and it, was, it was cool at the very end. Like I got my full tank as like the warden, I think all the way maxed. Yeah. And then I had a few points left over. So I just put him in like damage. Mm. So there was like a tiny bit of like my signature on the bill, nice. but, but not too much. So, um, so I've been playing a, a trickster and uh, the the way that you said it, Hebrew, you said core combat uh, is really where this game shines, and I totally agree. Um, I really love the design of this combat, where it is a, it is a shooter that has cover, but it's not really a cover based shooter, at least for me, because totally. the way that it works is. I'm encouraged to get in the face of everything. And it's like combat is so fast and smooth and frenetic. And like, I have a teleport ability. I go behind somebody. Um, I have a cyclone move where I'm, I can get in somebody's face and deal with a bunch of enemies at once. Um, and I get health back if only if I'm close to somebody. And so you have these Love situations that. where like fodder is kind of like your potion where you might yeah. be fighting a dude that yeah. is a little bit tankier. And so you want to be like, okay, I want to leave like some of these smaller guys around so I can get health back. Um, but it is a very aggressive mm-hmm. sort of split second uh, combat that I think is is extremely satisfying. I don't know how anyone doesn't use an auto shotgun in this game. So <laughs> yeah, like, It's so like my build is spec for it, but just like, melting somebody with an auto shotgun yeah. has been mm-hmm. uh, one of the most satisfying mm-hmm. things. Um, I'm really impressed with the AI in this game. I freaking love it. Uh, it's probably, it's mainly just because of the enemy variety. Each class really, each enemy really like fulfills its role. You know, the mm-hmm. breachers aren't smart, but they're just going to run up on you with a shotgun and try to fish you out. Snipers are so brutal in this game like legendary snipers, snipers are really now annoying. yes holy mm-hmm. shit they they can stun lock you like lock you down they can launch artillery strikes and the best part is when you try to rush them 
which is so fun because like they'll be in the back of the battlefield i love it yeah they'll be dug in back there they'll have all these enemies up front guarding them i'm a devastator so i'll just like rock form up sprint all the way like i'm coming for you snipers i'll get all the way back there as soon as i'm back there they'll freaking like jump off dude and like run uh-huh. away to try to reposition so i just love how in the moment the ai is dude uh-huh. i just really like even even just basic troopers will as soon as you're camping they'll throw grenades at you they'll use cover like they'll know i'm aiming right at them they just won't pop up super good um along with that i i love how much this game really emphasizes cooldown management and that sounds like kind of boring but it's Mm -hmm. super not because again since you only have three abilities um deciding when to use them is so essential uh and reloading also like reloading at the wrong time could really fuck you up in this game Um, because they can stun you and you have to do it again yeah (laughs) depending on the makeup of the enemies you know, sometimes if you're fighting a super big enemy, you want to make sure you have, like, all your cooldowns for that enemy. Or, like, if you have, like, a couple of medium enemies, you want to use maybe one cooldown but not everything. And just that sort of decision-making, I think, keeps the core combat uh, relatively engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I would say, though, Huber, is... Like, I remember getting into Outriders and I was having a really good time with it and I was, like, addicted and I just wanted to kept... I kept wanting to play more. And now I've reached a point, and I'm not even through the, the campaign yet, where I'm like, I'm losing interest in this. And I agree mm-hmm. that the core combat is really good. The problem that I'm running into is, like, regardless of where I am, everything is kind of feeling the same. It's like every area you're in, it's kind of like, a narrow corridor to a more open battlefield to a narrow corridor to a more open battlefield. And it just feels like the same thing over and over again. And I, of course I want them to emphasize the core combat, but there's like no exploration. Like they really don't make the environments matter all that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're definitely like, I think of the, uh, the like world war one trenches area where everything was assaulting you. Like that was pretty cool, but I feel like moments like that are so rare Um, and the story, I think the, the world is really interesting. Like, I love Mm -hmm. the, the, some of the ideas that they've got going on, but the way that they deliver the story, like some lines are just so awkward or abrupt that it like, it, it struggles, I think, to keep you invested based on how it's telling its story. It's the presentation. Yeah. It's so subpar. There's missing audio. There's shaky cam you can adjust but then it'll like kind of made my other cutscenes jitter there's cutscenes um, where you just like open a door and it's like two yeah. seconds long those weird transitions yeah. i don't know why they even do those they they said that was because it's a multiplayer game so it like is a thing to group everyone up or whatever i guess was their excuse for it okay. but yeah just little little inconsistencies throughout and like you were saying, Ben, I love the lore. I got obsessed he did. with the lore. <laughs> I read every single one of these documents. I thought they were really well written. They're they're obviously dry. They're a bit long. They could have used some like cool gr- designs, you know, like Eleven Resident Evil. You pick up a document, you can kind of like see what type of document it is. Not this. It's just all bl- like white text. 
But the presentation is like the Cliff Notes, Spark Notes version yeah. of the story. You'll pick up a document and your character will summarize it in a sentence. But if you read it, it gives you so much cool lore. I call it the Expanse Cut because it reminds me of the Expanse. Um, just little things that are not even mentioned in the game. If you go through and watch every cutscene, things that aren't mentioned that I loved were like the three ticket system, which is how do you incentivize Earth's population that's dying to build a spaceship to leave if they're not going to get a seat on the ship? Well, the the government was like, okay, let's have three ticket system. Gold ticket, you're guaranteed a seat. Silver ticket, if someone on the gold ticket dies or disappears, you get their spot. So what went down? A shitload of murder and kidnapping mm -hmm. and ransom. Then there was like the bronze tier, which is for like the basic workers. And it was like, they get to enter a lotto to get a spot. Little did everyone know this was all manipulated by like the top government people, of course. And it's like, dude, I love that stuff. I love that kind of lore. And that's just nowhere to be found in the main campaign. It's all just basic. Let's go, Outriders. We're going to find yeah. that signal. Release the yeah. pod. Like there's so much cool character stuff that is just not explored. Yeah. And I, I think it's cool to have like supplemental lore, like, like mm -hmm. notes or audio recordings or whatever. But it feels like they lean on that stuff so much. And there's like... Yep. There's really not great ways of interacting with the world beyond, mm -hmm. like, again, the core combat. And I just, I just wish there was like something else. Because even the, even the, there's this, these quests that you can do where this um, character is like trying to preserve the history of the old world, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you'll yeah, like yeah. bring him, bring her back stuff, and she'll talk about it. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting, and it is really interesting. But the like the way that you do it is the same way that you do everything Every else time. in the game. Yeah, uh -huh. It's like you just run out there and if it, you know you 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 go into the grinder right, and you just cleave through enemies, and then like if that thing is there, you pick it up. And yeah, exactly like you're saying, Huber. I think there are cool ideas here. It's just they don't they don't I, present yeah. it in a way that makes it really come to life. Totally. I feel like when you're exploring a level. You don't get a lot of moments to breathe or get a you good sense of the world because it's just like they want to keep you moving the whole time. Yeah. And forcing you to fight. So I think that's fine. But I wish there's just kind of moments in between where you're like just really absorbing this world, doing something more like monotonous almost, like yeah. just exploring through this area, going through this ancient like ancient area. You kind of do a little, but it's just like firefight immediately. It's you walk all... you know, 30 seconds, you're in another fight. You walk yeah. 30 seconds, you're in another yeah. fight. It's all those documents. That's the world. That's where it all breathing. is, yeah. But, dude, like, I I read all that shit and was, like, so into it. But, like, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. It's so I definitely hit so that point much. in Outriders. It's so much. Where I was Hours. reading it. And then yeah. I was like, this is too, too like, much. This is too much. You know? It's too much. And it's at odds, directly at odds with the type of game yes, it is. Exactly. Of like loot farming, level up, get the gear, let's go. Yeah. And especially if you get another friend in there, like it's so hard to coordinate multiple people, like taking the, the time to read all that stuff. Mm. Like it's yeah. just so at odds with the entire design of the game. Um, yeah, completely. Uh, it, it makes me think of and, and really appreciate 
Destiny, um, because you know Destiny, of course, is is a lot of the same thing. These games are built on repetition, repetition, which is not bad. But I think of the moments of Destiny where, like, you have this platforming puzzle, or like yeah. you go to a new planet and you're just kind of in awe of the the visual variety, and like, and some cool puzzles. Yeah, dude. Destiny throws in puzzles. Yeah, I I, I just yeah. feel like there's an active attempt to kind of make you engage with the world in, in slightly different ways and that i feel like a... i haven't played like a lot of destiny in a long time so correct me if i'm wrong but to me it felt like the areas you went to in destiny were much larger like you it, got like a sense of exploration almost yeah the way that they they do it is like you you'll land somewhere and it's like okay you can go do all these activities and then once you get to a specific activity it, it gets like a little bit more closed but right like, the the dungeon well, stuff kinda, that you're doing are pretty it kind of feels like this is all kind of closed yes exactly you know? the, the 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 most they give you and like it gets increasingly kind of aggravating i feel like the more you play the game and outriders is it's like oh if you go off this like little tiny path there might be like a chest that you could open mm-hmm. um it kind of feels I... like like avengers to me where i was also similarly like over the sort of copy and paste I will say, though, like, the first half is way slower than the back half, so Mm. I did appreciate that. Like, when you get to Mm -hmm. the forest, the game transforms, Mm. which I really appreciated. Like, the environments do get bigger. It is still kind of the same, like, you know, basic layout of, like, okay, well, there's only, like, one or two ways to go here, and that's obviously the area for the monster hunt and the area for the history lady um but there are they are big enough as to to where like maybe just because the map is bad though too where i would kind of get lost and yeah kind of have to like you know where where am i am i over here yeah. here um i just thought the later environments were so much better yeah, the beginning the, is just like more appealing visually the oh the beginning is just like low rent mad max and like it's snow it's pretty and, much like, just mud <laughs> mud dude. yeah and yeah. the the later ones are like fucking somber tapestries and mm. scorned vibes and yeah, they uh, get better. You know, cool forest and yeah. How the is the cool like the cool uh, survivor? Like no spoilers, but like the people in that you meet in the forest are really cool. Mm. That whole plot line. Um, that's like the turning point where I got really invested in the game. How is the uh, the end game? So I haven't done too much of it uh, because this is the a big whole, problem with the game. Right the now. big problem. Well, there. Oh, Jesus, where do we begin, Ben? Okay. First of all, let's address the bugs and the current state of Outriders right now. Not good. This is a game that is threatening to delete your progress at this point in time. For days now, this has been multiple days, the last four or five days, widespread reports of players solo and or co-op completely losing all of their gear. 50 to 100 hours progress I would down be the devastated. tubes. Down yeah. the tubes, widespread. This is not some isolated incident. This is humongous blown up all the websites reddit dude so many people everywhere i've seen it go down so the last bunch of days i've been afraid i keep telling brad like yo let's play tonight maybe let's hold off a day until they fix this yep. because they they brought an emergency patch up 
that was supposed to alleviate it, well, it made things worse. Mm. Because that patch... So the patch was supposed to fix crossplay, which has been busted. Which is unfortunate. Also really awesome. PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Yep. We can all play together. In, in theory, been, you can all play. In theory. Okay. That, that has, as of now, been quote-unquote fixed. Um... I've had success. A lot oh. of people reporting success. That's mostly fixed. Cool. But but now the gear wipe bug is deadly. So I'm kind of holding off. I have ran a couple endgame stuffs. Uh, it's time-based, DPS-based. So non-DPS classes are having a hard time grouping up, getting kicked from groups uh toxic matchmaking has formed granted it's only a yeah. three-player game three players max so it is a little easier to group up with your own personal group of friends um you know having to rely on strangers in any online game always poses its own set of problems but this seems like a design flaw where the entire end game is built around speed runs and dps how is that that's good a bad for... idea yeah when that seems classes like yours that are focused on yeah. defense and stuff yeah 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 there needs to be more it needs to be more dangerous maybe to incentivize having a tank in there mm -hmm. i don't know uh but like i think the but 2k it... to have some speed run stuff but it cannot just be that i think that's yeah a bad yeah idea. bad Good call. Good call. Yeah, there needs to be something else or something because because the whole design right now, Ben, seems a little flawed. And and basically, if if you're a little confused, the end game basically is you go on expeditions and they're time based. And depending on how quickly you finish them, you get ranked gold, silver, bronze, and then I think there's like even worse than bronze. Uh, and depending on the the rank you get, uh, the possibility an amount of rewards go up hmm. basically the really the only way to get legendary gear is to get gold on these mm -hmm. expeditions if you even get silver your legendary drop rate goes down like 100 percent. it's crazy so you need gold runs and then also to incentivize uh which is the really cool thing i love this if you get all the way all the way through the end game to the very 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 at very end there is a final boss hmm. so there is an ending quote unquote to mm -hmm. the end game which is cool so you're incentivized to kind of gear all the way up to get uh, there i have a question so these expeditions are they new like areas levels or are they places you've been before and you're kind of retreading yeah. the same ground it's mostly retreading it, it looks the same uh remixed kind of enemies and compositions uh but it is it it, it does look similar if anything brad i know like the aesthetic is the same, mm -hmm. but maybe kind of the cover and stuff is different. I need to... Yeah, like to compare this game closer. to Destiny again, because it's inevitable. But mm -hmm. at least I liked about Destiny was those strikes kind of felt like separate instances almost. Yeah, you know, of with course. With its own yeah. bosses and things like that. Like, I haven't done well, any of this, but for what you're telling me, Huber, that doesn't sound very appealing to me right now. It's, uh... You know, I've only played uh, Trickster in the final release of the game. And in a way, the design of the expeditions to me kind of makes sense because yeah, um, it, combat is um, intentionally fast-paced. And mm -hmm. so trying to maximize it in a way that makes sense. 
I get. And it reminds me of uh, like Diablo three greater rifts. Mm -hmm. But the thing is in Diablo three, I feel like regardless of the class that you're playing, the goal is to melt things as quickly as possible. And so if you're, if, if you're trying to encourage like specifically other types of classes that maybe that isn't their primary goal or they accelerate mm-hmm. in a different thing, it does sound, you know, at least on paper yeah. awkward in a way that you're describing. Yeah. And it, and the, it shouldn't be like you, you have to only play this or you get kicked. Yeah. Like that sucks. Devi- like devastator. Don't get me wrong. I can't die. You cannot kill me. Mm-hmm. You cannot kill me in Outriders. I will not die. And if I die, I can even revive because I get like an extra. Re- it's nuts. My armor is like 50,000. Mm-hmm. Moving. T- I legit. My my favorite description of a tank in a game is Outriders. So thank you. It's like Devastator. Close range combat. Stand your ground. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and le- legitimately, I'll pop the rock shield and I'll just stand there right in front of enemy. So so don't get me wrong, I can't die, but like my damage can't keep up with right. obviously the the melty classes. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, at odds with the whole point of kind of the end game. Yeah. Um if it was just like cool boss fights, that'd be perfect cuz like yo, I'll cover mm-hmm. everyone. You can, you guys do the damage, I'll tank it. Let's go. But these like weird speed runs, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe they'll they'll balance it. I mean, they already been are nerfing the trickster considerably which has already caused outrage amongst the community that's pretty support like yeah do what you gotta do but goddamn the trickster's (laughs) fun man it's (laughs) so i know like what like they're they're clearly like the most popular and maybe do like ridiculous amounts of damage but like nerfing one of the most fun parts about the game right away Mm. While there were so many problems, maybe wasn't mm-hmm. the best idea. So I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> I really have fun with the trickster. Yeah, I, when you yeah. say it's OP, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like yeah, that definitely. It doesn't even. Yeah, but it doesn't even matter. It's not. It's not OP. It just does a shit ton of damage. Well, I just think you know, like you said, rough around the edges in this current chip. state of the game. I think hearing about nerfs is just kind of a bummer. Like if if, yeah. if the game. Yeah had maybe been around a little bit longer was in a more robust state i Mm -hmm. I think it would be an easier pill to swallow but considering where we are yeah let me let me pose a very serious question though we've brought up destiny numerous times yeah they have so many times said my god this is not destiny we have elements we have elements of destiny Mm -hmm. please we are not they've said a million times but we keep saying you know destiny 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 Mm -hmm. Is there a responsibility for the end game to be this like groundbreaking excellent thing or is like a fulfilling 25, 30 hour campaign enough? I don't think it needs to be groundbreaking or anything, or... but from what you're telling me off these expeditions, it's just weird. Like why <laughs> they did it this specific way. Yeah. So I, for this game, I think it's it immediately invalidates Huber's class, which sucks. Yeah, it sounds kinda, like, yeah. and it's, it's happening. People are just getting kicked. I think it would have been way smarter. Yes, you could have speedrun kind of challenges, but I think it would have been better if there was different... You could do this challenge, but with different difficulty tiers. Mm-hmm. So you get your easy, hard, normal, whatever. You get the better loot. But you could also have a time limit in there to keep some sort of pressure on the players. Yeah. And not just getting like this, hey, beat it under two minutes or beat it under five minutes to get like 
depending on your tier. Yeah. I think that would have made your class a lot more desirable. Yeah, and Brad, uh, I realized too, like I, I, I praise the fact that so much of this game can be played solo. And I get that like expeditions are geared towards, towards multiplayer, but if your whole game is geared solo and then you get into these expeditions and you can't really do them solo, like that seems weird sure is there You're not at, another uh, thing you could do solo not for really end ga- not really end game no and like you can do an expedition solo but like the second you go down it's over there's no like self-reviving your teammate reviving you like you're at a mad like yeah. insurmountably mm. massive it. disadvantage so it is weird to be able to play the entire game solo and then all of a sudden like having that reliance on others i don't but, i mean it is a multiplayer game but I, just another weird thing about Outriders. I don't. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with Destiny or Games as a Service. I, I think it is that mm-hmm. like this is the genre that Outriders chose to step in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically an ARPG, and I think yeah. any ARPG, whether it's you know live service or not, uh, the expectation like if if your if your fundamental design is built around getting on the treadmill. I think people want that to remain interesting for as long as possible. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more about critiquing, I think, the expectations of the genre and what has come before. Um, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's a bunch of things that you could point to. Uh, totally. I do think it's a bummer. I don't, I don't understand any reason why this game needs to be always online. Um, right. I've only played solo. They <laughs> said that uh, the reason for that was because of how much loot and all that like for drops it's all back-end internet needs you know algorithm numbers like when when a thing drops you know i don't know man uh, that was their reason but yeah totally um something i do want to say as a point of praise that we haven't brought up that i definitely think is worth mentioning i really love the world tier system so much uh, because mm-hmm. you know we've uh, we've been playing Diablo three recently, and it's so annoying in Diablo three, like trying to find that perfect balance of difficulty for what you want in the moment. And we were constantly fiddling with it and fussing with it. Um, and I love how natural it feels in Outriders, where like as you do well and as you perform, you raise in world tier where things get more difficult but you get better rewards Mm -hmm. uh but if you die it goes down a little bit and so it's like trying to keep you in a spot that feels good without you really having to do all that much which i think Mm -hmm. is really 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 smart it's like trying to keep you on your toes all the time totally high stakes dying sucks you start getting to world tier 11 12 that progress bar moves so slow and you die you lose a pretty big chunk that's like multiple encounters that you fought through gone uh so the stakes are really high there and it's just another thing to keep track of dopamine wise you know you're leveling up you're leveling up the world tier you're getting drops you're getting mods you're getting skill. you know just another thing and like you're saying ben just the perfect balance of difficulty for the entire game it's always white knuckle controller sweating brad and i dude that stream how many times were we saying our hands are hurting yeah <laughs> like because well, we were shooting for like six yeah. hours yeah know, the core so much the white knuckle it's a good way to describe it and i, I really think that that is combat like in the midst of a firefight is really where the game is at mm-hmm. it's absolute peak yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. 
And I like interrupts. I think they can do a little more with interrupts. Interrupts are cool. Enemies will start casting a thing. And uh, if you use an interrupt skill while they're casting, you can disrupt their ability. Yeah. They can do like heals and different AOEs and stuff. Some of the later ones are crazy. They'll like cast heals on everyone. It's a cool so. idea. It just doesn't go all the way in, I feel like. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I just feel like... Because they have this thing where, like, isn't it where if you... The more you interrupt them, they become, like, immune to interrupts? So if you interrupt them too many times, they're immune to interrupts. I don't think that's a good way of handling it. It kind of makes sense, because if you have... I got into a situation where I had, like, freeze rounds. Mm. And I was just just shooting him. He would freeze, unfreeze, freeze unfreeze you know where it was just not you can just Mm. freeze forever and then eventually he was immune so he couldn't be frozen so i was like okay i get it i get that yeah i get from that perspective then that's a really good example that you use i totally get it i think just from my perspective i love the idea of like oh hey the player recognized that the enemy is doing this thing you activated your ability to stop that like Mm -hmm. that's good behavior you should be rewarded for that Totally. Uh, it, it, it's just when the weapon mod is yes, doing it yeah. too. The, like, the freeze round thing, it makes sense yeah, where it's like, yeah. okay, if you have it designed that way, the enemy can never yeah. do anything. So yeah, I, that makes that makes sense. I still feel like that's kind of awkward. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree. But Did you get to sense. use Storm Whip? Storm the mod, Whip. The mod. The weapon no. mod. It's like lightning comes down. No, I had one that was one like a, an things. explosion. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was that's been good. One of my favorite things in 2021, auto shotgun was storm whip, dude. It was like chain lightning. The way you say whip is yeah. really appealing. It's like the noise it makes, the damage it does, the the way oh. it looks. It's so that's cool, freaking satisfying. Everyone out there, if you've got storm whip, put it on a mod right now and go have some fun. <laughs> Uh, speaking of having fun, Brad, you've been digging into Okami. Yeah. Uh, I, so I played Okami when it came out back in 2006, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Okami, if you That's don't when know, it came is out? A, yeah, came out like 2006, I believe, or maybe five, something like that. I think it was five or six. Man, if Brad, you don't know, Oka- go ahead. This, this game is like a white whale for me where I've played it multiple times and I've played like a big chunk of it and I adore it. I've just never for one reason or another been able to go all the way through it, even though like I recognize how amazing it is. Yeah. Except except for the slow intro, but yeah, exactly. It's just things coming up. Yeah. And getting distracted. But if you don't know what it is, it's, it's like a, uh, it's, it's like a Zelda game almost in its design, except he plays a wolf the god of the sun, Amaterasu. You go around through different regions, help people out, do like some light dungeons and, you know, mm. get some upgrades. Very, yeah. It follows the Zelda formula. Yeah. But of course, everyone knows it's its beautiful art style mm-hmm. that just is gorgeous. I've been playing the HD version, which is in 4K, 60, like 30 nice. or, I'm not sure what the frame is, maybe 60, but it looks fantastic. Yeah, the last time I played Okami was on PC last year, and it like you can't. It, this is what this is truly no hyperbole. One of the greatest looking video games of all time. Mm-hmm. It is just aesthetically astounding. Um, yeah, and it's funny that we're talking about this after Outriders because I feel like 
Okami goes out of its way pretty much every situation you're in to throw something at you that you're just like this this is this is beautiful. Um, well, I mean, not only is it like visually good, I think the game has a really great diverse cast in the sense of like weird people with a lot of personality that you come oh across. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I Mr. right. You Orange. mentioned uh, the, the like it following the Zelda template, and that's something people always say about Okami. But like straight up, this game has a better, more entertaining cast than many Zelda games. I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it follows. It does a lot of the smart things that work in Zelda, like having a companion character, mm-hmm. soon that kind of just speaks for you as your mm-hmm. character. And he's filled with ton personality, but it's like so weird, man. Like, I was in a. I recently went to a uh, an inn run by like sparrows, and they almost reminded me of like Yakuza. They have like a, a sparrow boss who has like an eye patch almost. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is really good stuff. Uh, I would say though, so far the biggest thing I'm noticing that I think it doesn't hold up so well is the camera a lot in this mm. game, especially specifically sure. in combat. Like when you get in combat, you kind of like enter a combat arena almost yeah. like you're trapped in there and you have to fight dudes, but it's like cameras, not the best sure. all the time. Like it is a PS2 game and I understand that, but I think it could use a little tightening up. Yeah, Brad, I think that is, uh. Totally, totally fair. In fact, that's that's something, you know, talking about criticisms of the game, I think that's one of my biggest criticisms is combat. I, I think combat actually does a lot right, and it's cool that you get different weapons and using mm-hmm. the ink to slice through enemies is extremely satisfying, and there's a very distinct feeling because of the ink brush to the combat, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's like in this tiny cage... <laughs> Uh, right, you feel is, is, pretty limited. Yeah, you do. You feel you feel restricted in a way that I, I don't think is uh, incredibly beneficial. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think it like the boss fights, like for the your quote unquote dungeons, are yeah. much better. Yeah, they're, they're much really bigger cool. arenas. I think they make good use of your brush powers that you kind of get, like how you know a Zelda game, you'd get an item and you'd use yeah. it on that boss. It kind of works like this in this game too. Like. I got a power where I could grab onto plants and pull stuff. So yeah. I fought a spider boss and yes. he used that on a spider it's to super pull fun. things apart and hit his eyes. So yeah, it's really good. I'm, I've beaten the game or I beat it when it came out, but it's been a long time since I really went through the game mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know, like five, no, I'm probably like eight hours in right now. And I think it's a really special game that I, I bummed that we are not getting more of it. We did get a DS sequel. Mm-hmm. for the game i never played it actually but you know it's a kamiya game and i feel like a lot of his games are underrated and yeah don't do as well as they should i'm just i'm it's made me sad playing this game because i think this game it's a really great game and i it's will never get another one from him like that yeah man it's it's something that when i initially played okami i think that the slow opening it's it's really turned me off rough. Yeah, I could see it being really rough for a lot of people. But there was eventually a point where the game clicked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time I revisit it, I have a deeper appreciation for it. And like, I straight up think it's like a masterpiece. And I, I agree with um, a lot of what you're saying, Brad. Uh, you know, you mentioned that boss fight. It's just so visually spectacular and it feels really, really good. Uh, the characters are so colorful and, and fun to interact mm-hmm. with. Uh, but also, just the way the world is designed is really appealing. Like, it's kind of one of those games where 
you wander around and there's like kind of so much to uncover or pick at and explore. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel too open where it's like kind of overwhelming. Uh, right. But like it's, it's fun just kind of running around uh, in that game. And I think your character moves fast enough uh, that yeah. it really facilitates kind of that desire to explore. Yeah, I think you're right. I definitely like the the areas you go to are big enough. They're zones, but they're not like you said, humongous. Where it's like just one huge yes. open like Final Fantasy 15 kind of map. You know, it's like divided into very specific areas. But I think they're all distinct enough, and there's actually reasons to go around and explore. Like you could find an NPC to help out there and do some sort of a small quest or something like that, or mm-hmm. get some bounties to kill some demons or stuff like that. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep trucking away on it. Uh, I'm ha- having a blast playing it. It's been a real pleasure and soothing experience. And I, if you haven't played it out there, I highly recommend it. It's like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, man, Brad, you're making me really jealous because I've, <laughs> I have things that I'm playing that I can't even talk about. Uh, right. So now is not a good time, but it's, it's one that I yeah, want to return to again. Because I the agree time. with you so much. Like, I'm striking now. Yeah. I have I, to do it now. Yeah, you're making you're making a good call. Um, I want to uh, just touch on the uh, the brush a little bit more. I mentioned it mm-hmm. with uh, combat, but the way it's uh, done with the puzzles is is really great too. Yeah. Because like it, it's this game is so brilliant because it's like it makes the entire world a puzzle, right? Like there will be times where you'll have to be like, oh, okay, I need to like pull up the brush and then see the environment in a certain way and like connect it in a certain way with mm-hmm. the brush to solve something. And I just think that's so creative. Yeah. Like a lot of simple stuff, like even just, I I drew the sun in the sky and it reflected light off a beam and like activated something. I'm like, Oh, that's just felt cool. And like interactive with it. Well, there's one part, there's tapestries hanging and I used the wind to like blow them up so I could jump across them. Yeah. But I think what makes it work well, Ben, is the brush is that it's super fast. Yeah. And it it's not, like, overly cumbersome to do something. No. Everything is simple enough and makes sense. Yeah, like, it's it's one of those things. And it does happen every once in a while where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I drew that shape, but the game's not recognizing it. And so it's not yeah. perfect, but I would say for the mm-hmm. most part, the motions that you're doing are designed in a way where it's simple enough to not become aggravating. You, you said it perfectly brad it's quick yeah 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 you know it's like you're drawing a circle for the sun it doesn't have to be a perfect circle but as long as it's like right. semi-decent it'll it'll get <laughs> it most of the time and i was playing it on pc with uh, an xbox one controller and i was like ah, mm-hmm. do i want to play like the wii version or the ps3 version where i could use you know move or wiimote and i was like ah actually the sticks are just fine like no yeah, they're no fine problems. yeah you yeah. can draw easily with them yeah Man, good stuff. Brad, that was a good thing to bring to Frame Trap. Um, I'm also... I know you love, you love the man who makes it, so I, I do. knew you'd be down. I do. He he just makes such... Yeah, crazy, yeah. awesome games. Yeah. Um, someone out there has my copy. You someone out pay. there. So you what's the story pay. behind this? Had the game when it came out, played it a bunch, never finished it, went to go finally finish it one day to, or like start you know maybe a year later probably two mm-hmm. years later i put it down went to finish business like yo it's time i'm gonna go play okami and get through it open it up 
gone. Game's gone. Do you think it was PJ? Probably PJ, dude. Yeah. Probably someone. like. Probably saw some videos or something of Okami and was just like, yo, I know Huber's got a copy. Yep. <laughs> I, and I know where he lives somehow. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I also have a, an old game uh, to talk about that I played through. I've been in a Doom kick. I've just been oh, like yeah. all Doom all the time. Uh, and I played through Doom 64. Sick. Uh, which nice. I, I had dabbled with before, but I never played all the way through. And uh, they just re-released it. And boy, the re-release is uh, a blast. I was play- I played Chris. through it on, on PC. And, and what a... What a fascinating game. I think it's an easy game to kind of dismiss as more Doom. And that's not not true, but they definitely... So Midway worked on this. It wasn't id. And they definitely put their own spin on it in a way. Like, weapons feel different. The sprites for all the enemies are brand new. Um, It's a very... The way that the game uses lighting is actually really, really cool. There's a lot of, like, dark corridors that you have to illuminate... Uh, and things like that. There, are, there's like environment transformations. Like in the second map, uh, you get the red key. You go through this door, and then there's like this giant thing that like pounds into the ground and reveals a path <laughs> forward. Um, there's a really cool kind of puzzle where you have to chase around the blue key, and it's like vanishing, and you have to hit a button. And then try to get over there quickly. And just what I'm trying to say is I think the way that they utilize the maps is really interesting. And the levels themselves are often um, the highlight. And I was playing Doom 2. uh, And there are some maps in Doom 2 where it's like, how did you ever expect anyone to figure this out? Like the way that you progress is completely nonsensical. Like why do I have to go in the teleporter and then back through the teleporter and then that opens a door? Like that doesn't make any sense. Some of those levels would take me 45 minutes, man. It's well, and it's just like real. It's just like nonsense stuff sometimes Mm -hmm. in Doom 2, even though Doom 2 is largely great. Uh, It's the best. But there's what I'm saying is there's some nonsense stuff. And in Doom 64, it's not that there isn't any of that there. There are some moments where I think things are a little obtuse, but for the most part, I think it was like kind of a pleasure navigating through um, these levels, even when they got kind of complicated. And like some of them just visually are so cool. Like one of them is just basically like a giant castle or keep in the center and you just kind of go up its different levels. uh, And that's really satisfying. Um, And man, the final boss fight, uh is really interesting and the way that it rewards you is if you find the secret level and you find the runes it'll be way easier but i didn't want to like have a guide hold my hand like i didn't want to use a guide unless i was absolutely stuck and so like i didn't get those runes or those keys to make the unmaker more powerful um and to to make the fight easier and so i just went into it and it was like brutal it wasn't just like circle strafe until it's dead it's like ancient gods level. yeah it was it was really (laughs) challenging and it took me quite a while but i got through it and it was just i don't know it was it was really satisfying to overcome that challenge and i also thought it was cool that it was like oh man if i did find those secrets 
you know, the fight would have changed. And so it's like, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. man, I feel like it gives you incentive uh, to replay and stuff. I did a uh, full franchise playthrough when BFG came out. And just I remember one and two surprising me with how much slower they were when I remembered. Oh, really? You yeah. know, I, I just we're so used to like look up Doom 2 on YouTube and the video you're going to see is someone who only plays Doom 2 at some like 10 out of 10 crazy high speed. Yeah. You know, like I feel like we always see the best players, Mm. but like when I was replaying them, it was like, I'm going through this, like not Doom 3 levels of slow, but like one and two, man, I'm going through like looking for keys, like way more exploring than my initial interpretation and and nostalgia for like go through shoot da, 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 kill 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 which is honestly more yeah akin to like doom 2016 and doom eternal now is what like my original memory of old doom was but i feel like doom 64 is even slower like slow paced am i wrong in misremembering that ben um no like more I, close, I think more you're... closely to doom 3 kind of in its pace no, it's definitely not as slow as Doom 3. Mm-hmm. I, I think with Doom 1, Doom 2, and Doom 64, I think what you're talking about definitely applies, um, especially in the beginning of the game, but as like the, kind of the more classic Doom games ramp up, I feel mm-hmm. like they all kind of reach a point where there's that, that map where it's <laughs> just like, all right, go kill. it's an it's a <laughs> open area and it's a shit ton of demons, and so mm. they kind of teach you to... <laughs> That that you do need to move fast. You do need to master the circle circle straight. They kind of um, force that into you so you can survive. You know, as you're fighting things like cyber demons, right? Nice or uh, tougher things like that. And so, I totally get what you're saying. And if you watch the crazy people on YouTube, uh, you're right. It is it's like a totally different experience. <laughs> Certainly not at that level. But I feel like I play Doom a lot faster now than I did, you know, back Got in the day. Um, and I just think the more that you play to it, the more you kind of adopt to that speed. Totally. But I, I see what you're saying for sure. Um, dude, I'm in Craven 64, man. I'm in Craven. Yeah. I just remember the whole, I played it a bit right when it re-released because I've been craving it so hard. Yeah. I never finished it as a kid. Played it a lot, but never finished it. It was way too difficult. And just the the like coming out right when 2016 came out or doom eternal came out it came out when doom eternal came out right um I it was think one it, of those because doom eternal got delayed and i think mm-hmm. it got it was like before doom eternal came out because yeah i think it's before I think... 2020 it was 2020 okay. march 20th 2020 oh all right yeah okay because I think if you pre-order Doom Eternal yep. on PC, I think you got it as a pre-order bonus. So I okay. maybe it came out later than I thought it did. Yeah, and like Doom Eternal was out, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play Doom right. Eternal first. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but little little right. did I know that Doom Eternal is like takes everything out of you and then some Shang Tsung like life steal. Oh man! But by the time I was finished, I was like, yeah, no more Doom for a minute. Give yeah. me a minute, please. <laughs> Catch my breath. <laughs> um, yeah, and Doom 64, like, it's it's definitely not a perfect game. There, there are little things that I don't love. Uh, like, the, the, so the super shotgun is in the game, but 
it has no reload animation. And part of the joy of the super shotgun in Doom 2 is is you shoot it and you see it has that sound, Mm -hmm. right? And he's he's putting the shells in the shotgun. Here you just shoot it. And it like it doesn't really it hardly moves. Does and it's he just pump? Like, the, how about the pump? Does no, you pump you get the... like, you get like nothing. It's just a very static kind of Harsh. thing. And it's still powerful and it's still a good weapon. Don't get me wrong, but I I miss the reload animation from mm-hmm. uh, Doom Two specifically. Click, that, yeah, like... yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's boom. really good. Boom! Just like the dream about that. Dream about that, dude. Um. Also, and I, I don't think you, this only applies to Doom 64. Um, I think it applies to other Doom games as well. But especially when you get to the later maps, some, th- some things are just like a slog or it's like, you're just, you're just throwing like a shit ton of demons at me mm-hmm. and like I, just chipping away at their health. Like, it's fine every once in a while, but when you feel like you've been through multiple rooms of like... yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that I really made me appreciate about the design of Doom Eternal even more in retrospect is you get into an arena in Doom Eternal and there's a huge variety of enemies. And so like, so yes, some things have a ton of health and will take more effort to get through and be a burden on your resources. But to get those resources back, you have to go through the fodder. You have to, like kill things that die immediately. And so there's a really good flow between, you know, the big guys and the, the absolute fodder and they're mixed in so well. Um, like there are just things that you absolutely melt, even if, you know, uh, a big thing is, is, is threatening you. And I really appreciate that. Also, man, hit scan enemies are just bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) They just are. Um, Uh, how would you compare it to other, titles of the time like Turok or something as and as an N64 game do you think it holds up holds up well I'm definitely not as familiar with Turok as I am Doom uh, so I don't know if I'm very qualified to say I've definitely played some Turok in my time um, or just like even GoldenEye and Perfect Dark like would you put this in the same uh, pantheon or oh yeah so something that I kind of get frustrated about when I play Turok 1 is like the map design in Turok 1 is, like, super fucking confusing. <laughs> I know, Like, some of those dude. maps feel, like, huge and super wide, and it's, like, And it's weird. all foggy, dude. You can't see. Like, yeah. yeah. Where the hell am I You're going? You're underwater, dude. There's portals. Um, oh, and yeah. I, I, I think that, like, kind of hurts my enjoyment of, of Turok, because I love the speed of Turok, but, yeah, some of the, some of the levels get a little much... Um, with Doom 64, I feel like it actually strikes a pretty good balance of letting you explore and feeling like there's room to breathe and feeling like there's secrets to find. Um, and, you know, having that classic key structure of, like, the more you find, the more the level opens up. Uh, but it's pretty good, I think, without being too overwhelming. Um, I think maybe some of the maps are a little bit too long. <laughs> uh, I love I love in style. Doom when a map takes me, like... 10 to 15 minutes. I feel like that's yeah. a perfect length. I think, I think when you go beyond that, um, it, it can kind of become a slog, but f- mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, I think Doom 64 does a good job with that. Um, you mentioned like GoldenEye and GoldenEye is just such a different game because it's more like there's a lot of shooting in GoldenEye, but there's also a lot of like 
okay, you have to, you know, depending on what difficulty you're playing on, you have to find this specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say Doom is is more focused in the sense that, like, I'm finding keys, I'm killing demons. And, like, you're it right. just remixes that in a bunch of, a bunch of ways, so. Um, nice. Whereas, like, in oh. Golden, I feel like depending on the level that you're doing, mm-hmm. it feels completely different from the rest of the game, so. Nice. Dude, the damn. <laughs> Great. What an opening Great mission. Level. Top 10 yes. FPS levels. The extra objectives, dude, you have to like go down in there and like blow up the mainframe and shit. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a great opening, cool. opening level. I think Knee Crazy. Deep in the Dead from Doom 1 is also. Classic, classic. Yeah. Um, also, like Doom 2, if you go back, you get the shit, the chainsaw right away. Uh,. I actually didn't know that in Doom 2 until mm. I saw a video. I was watching Civvy's Doom 2. He's Civvy's great, by the way. If you like boomer shooters, he's your guy. Um, <laughs> and I was like, wait, how the hell did I not know that? Or maybe I did know that. And I forgot. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I think I think Doom 64 gets overlooked. And I, I feel like the way that it's talked about, I think like the 64 moniker makes it feel like spin-off and the fact that it was made by Midway and all of this stuff and the fact that it was locked to the N64. The, the 64, Ben, gives it a novelty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, no- <laughs> a novelty. It, it's really not like a novelty. It's like it's like a straight up <laughs> in your veins Doom game. It doesn't have the um, sort of like metal music vibe that Doom 1 and Doom 2 have. Uh, the music is a lot more atmospheric. Um, which I prefer the the more headbanging stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know what I'm trying to say is I I think this is a full fledged Doom game, and if you haven't checked it out, like I was extremely satisfied with, you know the the re release version of it, and I thought it it looked great, ran great, everything was good, and like yeah, people should check it out. Nice, yeah, yeah Ben. We were talking about where does Doom go from here last time I think on mm-hmm. Frame Trap or something. And it's like, you know, Ancient Gods really pushed that combat to the absolute limit. You know, yeah. crank it to 11, or t- crank it to 1,000 out of 10. So I wonder if uh, maybe next time around, I-, I haven't finished Ancient Gods, so this is not spoiler or anything. I haven't even finished it. I was wondering if maybe next time around we play as someone less capable and it goes back to those 64 slash Doom 3 mm. kind of maybe slow it down a little bit. We're still Doom. Huh. Maybe lean into the atmosphere, the horror, I, you know, because the franchise does have a history of that. Yeah, I see what you're saying totally. And I think that could be cool. But I think even in Doom 64 and Doom 3, you start to feel pr- powerful pretty quickly. Totally, totally. Um, so. and I do Just think somehow that, making it yeah. like le- like a little less, you know, we're like Goku now, I feel like in Doom. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, we need to be like Krillin or something. Man, I don't know. I, I think I think <laughs> being the Doom Slayer is a huge part of the appeal. To kind yeah, of yeah. bounce off what you're saying, though, like Doom Eternal, I don't know how many more mechanics they could jam in that game. Like it is kind of yeah. like stuffed with mechanics, yeah. especially after Ancient Gods Part One and Two. And so I don't know if like tacking on more battle mechanics is the right call. But I'm thinking about. And I haven't played it yet, but I'm thinking about how Diablo 4 is kind of approaching its design where it's still trying to feel like Diablo, but it's kind of taking a more free form approach where it's like, hey, you know, it's not always going to be, you know, these 
maps, right? It's going to be like mm-hmm. this entire region that you could explore. And I, I wonder if you could have like that sort of system in Doom where like technically you still have all these handcrafted and well-designed maps, but they're all like connected in the game world. So like hmm. if you start your playthrough, you might go east, Huber, and you end up in like, you know, map... 12 let's say and i go west and i end up in map four and like Mm -hmm. you can maybe find different weapons depending on where you go um and it just maybe would make um replays even more exciting i don't know totally yeah i like that metroidvania a little Mm. bit but yeah i don't i don't know if mechanically there's much more they could do like so much shit already there's so much shit with all the weapon attachments like yeah yeah it's a lot like i'm i'm no genius game designer like id but yeah, to to the to the novice, it seems like they have gone all the way with that style, yeah. dude. I, I just can't can't see anything else they could add, or unless they just do more of the same or completely shake it up. the The last Doom game that I have on my list to play through, uh, and I've dabbled with it before, but is uh, Final Doom, which I've oh, heard nice. is is a is a giant pain in the ass to get through. So I'm kind of excited, kind of excited, kind of dreading it at the same time. Remember the box was so cool. My friend had it. The box is really sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Corey Brad, Corey had that box, mm. dude. Final doom box. And I always That's just nice. held it. <laughs> um, it's time for that part of the show uh, where we shout out some wonderful shout out to your patrons. But before we do that, I actually have uh, a new thing that we're going to do today. Mix it up. Normally I have like, you guys play, or normally, recently, I have you guys play a game, and then uh, one of you gets to do a PSA about something or, or say something positive. This time, I want you both to be involved, and I thought it would be kind of interesting if both of you thought of a bad game that's that's really bad, but you named a great thing about that bad game. Now, I'm definitely kind of putting you on the spot. And it might be uh, it might be tough to think of, so don't don't feel too rushed. But if anything jumps in your brain, bad game. Um, so I guess like Balan Wonderworld, it's a bad game, but I think the boss fights are pretty good for a three D platformer. Nice. I think they're pretty creative, actually. So what makes them um, creative and, well, and better than other parts? So. It feels like it just does has a lot more ideas than the the regular game. Mm. Like it almost reminded me of like playing a Mario, a Mario boss or something like that, where it mm. has like kind of different things you could do. Like one thing I like about the game has been there's often three ways you can hit a boss, so oh, cool. you're rewarded for experimenting and trying out different things. Like you get essentially what are stars in that game's equivalent of stars for that game by experimenting, trying different methods out. Awesome. Good answer, Brad. Mm-hmm. Mine uh, is kind of a half answer. The Fast and the Furious <laughs> game is terrible, but Ian's edit of the review is yeah. one to watch. Very nice. Very nice. I love how that wasn't about the game, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The edit yeah. came out of the fire that is that game. <laughs> the ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anytime Ian can be like unleashed on a review is fun you know no record no no repercussions <laughs> huber i gotta share this video with you you just made me think of it it's by this really uh 
popular YouTuber. Drew, I think Gooden is his name. Yeah, Drew Gooden. Um, he did a video on Vin Diesel. Like the entire video is about <laughs> Vin Diesel and just how weird Vin Diesel is. And you've got to watch it. Like this interview okay. that he's doing 100%. with this this lady is just extremely awkward. And he'll do these like Facebook live streams <laughs> where he's just spewing nonsense. Like the words don't make any sense, but he's really happy. And like he'll have like photoshopped images with him and a quote and like an elephant it's like crazier than you i gotta show you this video you would adore it and anyone out there i recommend <laughs> watching it yeah it's it's really really good <laughs> oh man it's it's a riot yeah vin diesel king of cringe is what the name king is if, if you in the audience want to look it up oh, my God. oh hubert okay there's one there's one part in the video he was at the premiere for avengers endgame and he's live streaming on his phone and he just forgets that he's live streaming and puts the phone in his pocket while he's still live streaming. And so there's like 10 minutes where he's just streaming the inside of this pocket and then he just <laughs> takes it out and realizes what he did. Vin Diesel does? Yeah, yeah it's awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. hilarious. Um, but this part of the show <laughs> is brought to you by some wonderful shout out to your patrons. Um, you know, in honor of Vin Diesel, let's do our best Vin Diesel impression after I'm done saying these names. Uh, but shout out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick Stephen Thomason, Edsgar So I'm a Spider, So What, Sage Mode Q, and Alex AI. Shout out. Uh, you beautiful. Shout out. You beautiful. Yeah. Big hugs. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to the family. <laughs> uh, we have like more shout outs than we usually have. So thank you. Uh, thank you. community for that wonderful support. Huber. Yo. You've been freaking about this days gone crazy taxi mode. Dude, days gone. Days gone too, Sony. Make it right. What Dude, a time how, to talk about it. How depressing. Well, great time. How depressing is that news? depressing yeah yeah i randomly started playing this and then all of a sudden it's on ps plus then all of a sudden there's like news about a canceled sequel so just kind of like days gone all of a sudden yeah getting headlines i really think days gone could benefit so much from a sequel oh yeah. my god well, think about like think about uncharted a- one to two yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah you know one was fun but nowhere near as good as two was or anything like that no doubt undeniably for sure um, I just love Days Gone. Yeah. Uh, 71 on Metacritic will always stick out to me. Um, I don't get hung up on my review scores. I try not to get hung up on other people's review scores. You know how it is, guys. Just reviews suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a reflection of the reviewers. It's a reflection of kind of the state of the game at launch. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember we got two codes at the time jones was reviewing and i was backing him up on support so pre-launch and this game was rough it was buggy there were a lot mm-hmm. of bugs at the time um it just like was buckling under the ambition you know it felt like that generation of consoles could like barely handle what days gone wanted to be 
Um, and I just, you know, since then I looked into, into it and there have been like 15 patches, 15, 16 patches for this thing and a, and a new recent PS5 patch, uh, which makes it 60 frames, faster loads, just really irons out and polishes out and, and shines it out, um, this game and it's the best it's ever been now like now is the time if you've mm-hmm. slept on days gone basically is what i'm trying to say you know it it maybe stumbled out of the gate there but through all of that right now it is the best it's ever been and you should definitely not miss this great game it, it, hubert it's one of those games because i talked about it on a frame trap not that long ago uh and I, I played through it and I ended up really enjoying it a lot. It's one mm-hmm. of those games where I feel like I could talk a very long time about all the things that mm-hmm. could be better. Right. And I don't, yeah. I certainly don't think it's like, like this perfect game or, or anything close to that, but it's, it's a very interesting game and it's a game that I think tries to do things a little bit differently and that's what makes it stand out. And that's what kind of it, 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 like, endears you to it like mm-hmm. i feel like there are games that you play that could be like technically better than days gone but they're just like way blander you know what i mean yeah. like like this this game has like this undeniable heart to it there's so much heart yeah. dude the story was just like so made fun of because of preconceived notions like mm-hmm. before anyone had played it before anyone had stepped foot into deacon saint john's shoes everyone had their ideas uh, their idea made up about him and it's like there's dude sam whitwer's performance brad we always like joke about it but like holy shit what an endearing character yeah like, i un- unironically I, love deacon unironically love deacon yeah. saint john and boozer one of my uh favorite things to do in days gone is to shut up that guy's radio you know when he's like yeah the truth will set you free what's his name copeland copeland yeah and i I love just shutting him up and then deacon's like not today (laughs) or something like that yeah 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 Yeah, i love that or just like when you're writing and you're listening and it's over and then he comments on it like yeah, Copeland, that'd be nice if we all weren't crazy right. sons of bitch. You know, right. just some yeah. commentary. I love it. Um, and then, of course, I talked about the patches. They added all these new modes and difficulties. They added survivor mode, which is incredible. There's no fast travel, barely uh-huh. any HUD. You got to drive everywhere, scavenge for supplies. It forces you to live in this world and take in all of your surroundings mm-hmm. um check out my huber syndrome just did a full-on syndrome about it it's only like five minutes long quick one check it yeah, out there's also a pc port coming out for this game pc port coming for everyone uh still holding out uh it just mods, it just seems weird this game sold well yeah i think they said it sold someone at band i believe they said it sold better than all of their past games combined or something yeah and it's like, now it's going to be on PC, so it's going to open it up to a whole other market, too. It's just it's just disappointing, because this series has potential. So much more potential. So much. If, if this becomes another... Start, but it's in a great spot now. If this becomes another Order 1886 situation, like, 
screw you, Sony. What the hell? Like, I mean, dude, no disrespect to order, but like, this has a lot more going on than the order. I was just gonna say, I like it way more, but I'm saying potential for a sequel, though, man. Yeah, Uh, 18 order 1887, like, that could be special. Yeah, yeah, well, like, how much they've improved the game, and like, how like a lot of the complaints were at the beginning were it's technical problems, and it's like (laughs) most of that's been addressed now. Does does everything, you know, need to be a God of War, Last of Us, Uncharted success? No, man. Not not everything can be either. I love remakes and I love replaying games, but holy shit, The Last of Us does not need to be remade. Hubert, we'll... we'll, We'll We'll get get to that in another part of the show. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Like... Yeah, it's too bad. Like, it's it's just depressing, man. Because you do like, hear I know, about that. Go ahead. No, I know. I know. Days Gone has similarities with other genres, but it is is still like it's its own unique thing. So it's yeah. yeah. I do know, think I see, that I see, hurt I, it a lot. Yeah, I, I think when they yeah. initially re- revealed it, people are like, "We Last already have copy. you know yep. a, a, zom- a, a zombie, zombie game, game on PlayStation." Mm-hmm. And obviously, there there are a lot of differences you can point to between the two games, but from like. An at a glance perspective, I sympathize with that. Like it, Days Gone mm-hmm. was put in a tricky spot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, then delayed and I mean, a bunch of times. That game, yeah, it went through a lot Exclusive. of developments. Like, that game took a long time to make or to come out. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like disappointing. Like I'm sure we all just read that article, the Bloomberg yeah. one about you know Sony not being happy with it. Are they wanting? god of war last of us numbers and stuff like that it's like shit man not everything can be that mm-hmm. and not everything needs to be that it kind of it just well, makes me sad you know because they could do yeah. more with this series it could be better it could be like the assassin's creed 2 from one kind of sin- kind of leap or something like that totally my god yeah and it's for them to make up their mind too like the, now it's part of this ps plus and a pc port is coming like why don't we reassess why don't we see how like this new life can breathe into this franchise the fact that it was already shut down is like very disconcerting yeah i just think like homogenous game design is just so depressing like what are you gonna do something now that has like colored loot in it or like yeah you know like (laughs) you know online co-op or you do dungeons it's just like i don't know or or like does everything need to be you know this cinematic heart-wrenching story all the time like i don't know it's yeah it sucks it yeah it sucks you know brad you mentioned it, it is it is wild to see even massive triple a studios like Ben's got some resources, you know, they're not, they're not indie by any means. Uh, it is interesting to see them going through their own set of problems, you know, cause like we always talk about indie development struggling, you know, yeah. obviously they, they need the most support, but it uh, is interesting to see this one of a big company getting like kind of stepped on by an even bigger, you know, their bosses. Um, it's not the first time that we talked about this, but you know, you read that Bloomberg article and you just think to yourself, like what these companies are evaluating as successful is way out of whack and like, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. not sustainable in a way that, that 
I think makes the video game landscape interesting. Bunch of, bunch of Bobby Kotick's out there. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like a lot like Activision stuff. Activision yeah. Blizzard. Yeah. Well, apparently they're working on a new thing. Right. I was just so gonna say hopefully, that. Hopefully it's... they're doing something they want like they're really into and have like great ideas. And it's but, you know. situations like this that just make me count my my blessings, dude. Every time yeah. a game comes out, never take it for granted, you know? Just because Capcom is one of the biggest companies on Earth doesn't mean, you know, Resident Evils are always going to be good and coming out. So, right. like, uh, based even, on history, even Village release. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> based on history, <laughs> it's, on history. Uh, it's, it's, up it's not downs. in danger. It's ups, yeah. it's ups and downs, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Brad, you uh, just quote-unquote, finished uh, Monster Hunter Rise, or you saw the, the mm-hmm. end of the story, I guess uh, I should say. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of an abrupt ending, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, so Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter was a series that never really clicked with me until World, and I was like, okay, I get it now. It's finally clicking. Then I play Rise. Man, that game's real good. Yeah. I had a blast playing that game. Mm-hmm. I have some... Fi- some problems with it and some things I missed from world that's not in this game, but I will say the wire bug is a, an excellent addition to this series. The amount of freedom it gives you. And like you said, Ben at times though, maybe a little too much freedom, mm. but I think like the Palamute is something I cannot live without now. <laughs> like you need to have these things in every game. Now they're just yeah. too good. Um, so <gasps> what are the oh, yeah, things from world that uh, you were missing in rise? I miss like a lot of the the environment being a part of a fight. So like maybe just things simple sure. like dropping a rock on a guy. I think was fun and cool and like yeah, it's a really good point, Brad. It it fell in a nice line of like it felt like a fifty fifty shot where like I could make this thing, but I could easily mess it up. But once it once you connect with it, it feels like a big deal. It feels real good to land that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the turf wars in World. There are some in Rise, but it's not as often where it's an actual official turf war. Yeah. I think it's cool being able to ride the monsters, but I just love seeing the monsters fight like more mm-hmm. often like that. And obviously I miss, you know, especially on like PS5, being able to play in 60 frames and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I miss it. Yeah, definitely praying against reason that that PC version has yeah. cross save, dude. Yeah, but it's like, I'm not a veteran of the franchise, so a lot of these monsters are newer to me. Mm. Like, I don't even know how many have been in old games, but they're all super rad to fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the the monkey kind of one. Who yeah, Bisha Ten. It, man, it new? bummed me out. Yeah, Bisha Ten's new. It bummed me out. Kyle does not like Bisha Ten, but Bisha Ten is what? one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've come to realize that like a lot of the more goofy monsters, I guess, the Monster Hunters, these yeah. weird, stupid, goofy guys. I just really love. Yeah, hype. yeah, and I, I think that's something that that world uh, suffered from a little bit is is sort of the lack of of some of the quirkier monsters, and I, I think you kind of mm-hmm. get that back in Rise uh, in a way that's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, the the new spider monster is really cool, and you don't yes. even encounter that until yeah, uh, that was a cool monster. Yeah, yeah. Later I also on. like uh, one thing I do like about Rise is the rampage stuff now. Yeah. Like the rampage. I think it's okay by yourself. I think it's okay. But mm. much like a lot of Monster Hunter, I enjoy with more people. Yeah. Especially because it's kind of this thing of, you know, managing turrets and placing stuff like that. I think it's just 
works better with multiple people, but I, I like it more than like the Zora Magnaros oh my God. kind yeah. of stuff from World. Never want to hear that name again. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like once I do a rampage, I'm like, okay, I don't want to like immediately do another one, but I think sprinkled mm-hmm. in every once in a while, uh, it's it's a good change of pace and, and something that I like about it, you know, versus you know, some of the siege stuff uh, in World, for instance, is like the, the first time I did Rampage and I was playing with reviewers, we definitely didn't do as well. But now that people like know what all the mechanics mm-hmm. are and how to optimize, like there's there's a learning curve, I think. You know, it's not tremendous. It's not like that difficult to figure out. But there's enough of one that I think makes it interesting enough for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um did you like sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i guess like i don't know what they could do or what i should be expecting but i always feel like the story just kind of is nothing really yeah like the idea of the game is just about hunting monsters you know so i don't know how you make a gripping story necessarily around that yeah but i was it just felt like super forgettable like i don't know a monster shows up, you fight it, and that's about it, you know? I think I just want something more from it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they could do. Documents, Outrider style. Document. I don't know. <laughs> well, they do, they do have that. There's lore <laughs> hidden around the world. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, I said in the review, Brad, that, you know, Monster Hunter is obviously not... The story is not the point of Monster Hunter. It doesn't, it doesn't right. emphasize that to some great degree. But even by that metric it falls like weirdly flat in rise, like especially, you know, talking about that ending that, that is not an ending. It it just kind of like you saying it's just kind of nothing is, is exactly right. Like I, I don't need this, like hold me by the hand, super drawn out, super complex story, but there's like, just even from a presentation standpoint, it kind of lacks, um, some excitement. And I think in comparison to world, I, I think world had more exciting, more memorable Me moments too. throughout its story. Did its story better than yeah. this game. Definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, I felt like I was kind of with this team, you know, with the, I forgot her name, but like the girl with you, the researcher, like you were like a team, yeah. the handler, you're yeah. going to do these things together. Oh, one thing I really want to get your opinion on is Ben is so, the kind of like it seems like they there was a trade off, so you don't really need to like track the monster so much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of there. You know where it is at all times. You yeah. don't have to like find tracks and follow it. Mm-hmm. But to get this like sense of exploration or giving you an excuse to explore the map now is like those bugs that increase your stats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that later on? Because it feels it felt like mandatory for me almost. Because they're so good to get all those things. Granted, it doesn't take too long to do. Yeah. But how did you feel like every mission be like, okay, let me go f- spend, you know, three, four minutes finding bugs first? Yeah, it's a very good question. So um, going going back to Monster Hunter Rise, I like the idea of sort of scouting out this monster and getting its tracks or getting the goo that it spit on a tree or something mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. Like the idea of it, really sort of plays into the hunting fantasy of Monster Hunter, I feel like. But in practice, 
you know, especially after you got used to it, it was like see glowing thing, click glowing thing. Like it really didn't feel yeah. like like hunting. You know, hunting. It, it yeah, it didn't it didn't really feel like you were using your wits to track down this mm-hmm. monster. It just sort of felt like obligatory in a way. Um, in Rise, I actually think it's better because although you're right that it it does feel kind of mandatory in a way. I think the speed, the mobility that you have with the Palamute and the Wirebug makes it feel pretty fast and fun. Like, you don't run into the situations where it's like, oh, I need to get up there, and so I have to, like, climb up all those things. It's like, no, I just, like, zip up with my Wirebug. And I I think that because of your mobility, exploration and gathering stuff is, like, more, like, sometimes just as fun as taking down the thing that you're hunting. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that makes it work and better, I think, than than the exploration, uh, say, in World. Yeah. I guess because they took it out, you wouldn't really have a reason most of the time to even go through the level, except for beelining it to the monster every time. Yeah. I guess it's nice. It gives you a reason to kind of explore the, the area you're at and get yeah. to learn it, maybe find a hidden camp or something like that in the process. Yeah, and... I, I just wonder if it's something they'll bring back. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems I, so tied to the wire bug, maybe. I don't know, right. just because they're bugs, too. Maybe I'm just thinking that. Kind of what you were saying, though, maybe. Brad. You know, whether or not they, they bring back kind of the, the, the map design and, like, the, the permabuffers and that sort of thing back. If the next Monster Hunter game, I don't have that wire bug and I don't have that Palamute... I feel like I'm going to be disappointed just because of right. how much fun those things are to use. Uh, yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm no, curious Brad, to see what their, their post-launch support's going to be like for this game. I mean, Worlds was great, yeah. obviously. They had a ton of stuff in an expansion later. Like, I wonder if they'll do that for this game, if they'll go as hard with this game. Yeah. Um, it... The fact that we have Camellios coming this month, you know, along mm-hmm. with Apex Rathlos and other things coming, uh, I think I, I think it's striking at a good time where it'll it enough people will be able to like get through the game, I kind of get geared up and then yeah. you know go hunt these new things. And so I, I have a lot of faith that'll be good. The fact that it's just free and you're getting new things to fight is fantastic. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Brad, how did you feel about uh, the um, switch skills for the weapons? The switch skills, so some of them I like, but for, so I play the long sword, and like, mm. one of the skills I just don't enjoy nearly as much as like the, the helm splitter kind of ability where you leap in the air. Yeah. I really like that ability. I think it's really good, and for what I've seen, most people say to stick with it because it's so good. I think it's cool, like the experimenting with it, but I don't know if it'll... I don't know if it's something they'll bring back if the wire bug doesn't come back. I think I kinda, it adds a nice extra layer bin. Like my mm-hmm. weapon feels different enough from world. It feels super familiar. And some things have changed though, where I feel like it has its own little tweaks that I like, but I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea Ben of like you, you use those abilities and it makes it easier to mount on the monster. Yeah. So it gives you some initiative to toy around with that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I think it's a cool addition that gives you a little customization if you want with your hunter. Like, you know, I, yeah. like I've been playing this weapon a little a long time. I want it to feel just a little different. And even like a small a move change can make your your weapon feel completely different how you play. 
Love that. Yeah, Brett, I think that's a, a really good assessment of it. And I think it's well said. I kind of run ran into the same situation with the greatsword, though, where it's like, okay, the guard tackle it just feels worse than the regular tackle. And the right. rage slash is just consistently doing less damage than the true charge slash. And so, like, I'm kind of glad that these things are here to mess around with. But I, I wish sometimes the options felt more viable than they can end up feeling, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's more viable than I give it credit for, but just sure, yeah. based on my experience, it's like, ah, okay. Like these aren't as useful as I want them to be. So I wonder if like maybe even having more of them, like I wonder if that's what they could add over yeah. time is, is in addition to new monsters, it's like here's a new switch skill for all weapons or something. That would be, I think neat. that's cool. I just, you know, it's, when you get more, when you throw more in, like, Monster Hunter already has an insane amount of, like, weapons and yeah. depth to these weapons. For I sure. worry about the balancing of some of these aspects. Yeah. But, hey, man, if they can do it, I'm down. Yeah. It's interesting because it, it sort of feels like a callback to the the styles and um, mm-hmm. skills of, of generations, but not quite at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, I think the game's great. I really, I had a blast playing through it, and I like love hunting with you guys. So yeah. I'm super looking forward to see what more they'll bring to the table. Like, I'm a big Monster Hunter fan now. I didn't think I would be yeah. after all these years, but like, hell yeah, like proper that, Monster uh, Hunter, I'm in. Let's get that village crossover. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> why the hell not? Yeah, uh, that Camellios update, hunting, hopefully with you guys. Uh, uh one thing of praise though is the. My online experiences actually have been really good in yeah. Monster Hunter Rise, which we were all super worried about because you mm-hmm. know Nintendo Online, but I mean, it's been great. Like, I haven't really been disconnected. I haven't seen a ton of lag or anything, so get on you, Capcom. I've had like a couple of small things here and there, but for the most part, it, the the online yeah. has been excellent. Yeah. Also, it, it like runs really good. Yeah, it like, does. Like when I was fighting with like a four- group thing everyone's doing crazy ass shit like the game runs fine like i wasn't seeing dips or anything like that or affecting my gameplay so i I think what they they accomplished both in terms of performance and visually on the switch uh yeah it's super has been has been nice i'm really curious to see that pc version when that comes and and how the the visual and performance upgrade will feel but uh I, i think what they did on the switch is really cool yeah, you, dude, Capcom, please let us carry data over. Please. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. I, I think you just, like, you get to a certain point, right, in terms of, of familiarity with a weapon and monsters, and it's just, you just like, I just don't want to do... I don't want to do it that, again. You know, it's yeah, I don't want to do that it's early not, stuff again. Yeah, I just don't want to do it's it. It's like, yeah. yeah, I've invested a ton of time already, you yeah, know? Yeah. I don't want to restart. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, are we ready for the Hotake? Go! Uh, yes. and, yeah. and Huber, you kind of, uh, understandably so, talking about Days Gone, got ahead of me, uh, because in that Bloomberg report, I scared my cat with that Hotake, by the way. <laughs> uh, in that Bloomberg report, um, it was said that The, that the Last of Us is being remade. So weird. Uh, reportedly being remade. And uh, it is weird. So weird. And I, I think it kind of brings a interesting discussion. 
already amazing. Yeah, man. the remaster is already very good. Uh, played it <laughs> right before Last of Us Two came out. It's fantastic. The game still looks fantastic. Um, not not a game that I think of when it comes to oh, this needs to be remade. But there's there's a lot to talk about here. Like I already said, and it has to come. We we are in a remaster, remake, re-release obsessed culture. Not just with video games, but especially cash in, video games. in on nostalgia. Yes, cashing in on nostalgia. Um, shared universes it, it's happening all the time i feel like for every new thing that gets announced it's like there's two re-releases happening um yeah. in, in some degree which which is okay i enjoy that to to some degree this is a 2013 game mm-hmm. and so that sort of brings about like a is this last of us remake exciting or interesting to you at all and b it's like how soon is too soon uh, yeah it's, well it's for me soon. you kind of nailed it right on the head is like this game's not even 10 years old yet, man. Yeah. No. It's like, we're not even, it's not even 10 years old yet. And the game has gotten an HD or like a remaster version already for PS4. Yeah, and it's like, incredible. It runs at 60 frames. It looks amazing. We just had part two. Like, at least with Final Fantasy, at least with Resident Evil, these are full-on remakes i mean you you compare them to their original counterparts they're dramatically different dramatic it's completely different game a remake of this is we're we're in that we're in that weird line of like remaster remake i mean is it just gonna be the last of us part two engine and like maybe some last of us part two moves like jump and dodge is that the only difference like it's just it's so bizarre to me. We're already getting the movie. It's like, I'm so worried about oversaturation. We still have factions coming out. It's just such a weird thing, too, to come off of just a few years ago, Druckmann being so protective of the franchise, saying, you know, maybe we won't even make a sequel. Like, I don't want Joel and Ellie to pop up in other weird things. Like, right. just how protective of the IP they were, and now all of a sudden, like, sequel, remake, movie, Hollywood, yo! Yeah. Right. Um, Huber, you know, think, whenever we talk about remakes, the mind immediately goes to Resident Evil remake, uh, and just, like, that's that's a remake that feels like it justifies its existence so perfectly, yeah. where it feels Final like... Final Fantasy. It's like, hey, well, Final Fantasy is a good point, maybe even a better point than Resident Evil Remake here, because Resident Evil Remake to me is like, this is the game that we had in our heads. This is the game. This is like the most complete version of our mm-hmm. vision. And they they went out of their way to add new things to it. Uh, and Final Fantasy, like that's what makes that game so exciting, regardless of how you feel about the changes, is it, it's, it's not doing the same thing again. It's, it's taking this and, and going in a new direction. And mm-hmm. I just feel like with The Last of Us, you're so limited. It's like, yeah, mechanically, what what do you add to that game to change it? And it's like it's so connected to Last of Us Part Two that you really can't like it's fuck like around with the story. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't. And maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe they will go in in some directions. But you think about it, it's like what, like where do you go? What do you do? And I think that's never yeah. the spot you want to be in for something yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take anything for granted, but like. Okay, this is going to sound like I am, but like, okay, it comes out. It's The Last of Us, so like, some people will think it's a 10, others will be bitter. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it comes out and it's great. Then, like, what's the... I just... There's no point, damn it. Right. Like, no it comes out and it's a 10 out of 10. So? Right. We just did this. We just did it. <laughs> Hubert, that is so well said. Because it's like, even if it comes out and it crushes it, it's yeah. like... Okay, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, nothing changes not exciting, for The Last man. of Us. Yeah, the perception yeah, of Last of Us. Yeah, it's yeah. not exciting. Yeah, it's not exciting at all. Unless mm-hmm. they're... Unless there's some secret on the side, okay? Remember, there's factions cooking. So unless this is all part of some grand plan to have some crazy integration as to where the remake and factions are somehow connected more than we thought, affecting each other, or like there's some extended Druckmann cut where now part one remake and part two are just one whole cut or like... Unless there's some weird ass marketing or, yeah. or editing going on in that sense, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine anything they do being this, exciting. This just feels like a. This is a hundred percent a safe bet pick. This is not like we have. It doesn't feel like we have something to prove. We want to make this mm-hmm. better or something like that. Like think mm-hmm. think about how much more excited people would be if they were like, "Hey, we're we're like remaking the Jack trilogy or something like that." Kind of oh, like man. how Crash Bandicoot did it or something. Mm-hmm. Something it's, that's been gone for so yeah, long so and it's many games. So, so beloved many. or something like it may not sell as much as The Last of Us, but I guarantee you people will be way more excited about it. Mm-hmm. And and Brad, like don't get me wrong. I love Last of Us. I do. I love it to right. my core. I love Uncharted. But like it would be kind of nice if Naughty Dog was like, we're going to do something fun like a Jack remake. Like, we're yeah. just going to yeah. like... Or like cart, dude. Jack combat racing. Sure. Just just like something that like... It's just a little less serious, you know? Like, that would be nice. Right. It would be a nice change of pace. Yeah. I... I That would be so cool. Like, um, I just think about like this game compared to like some of the remakes that um, Bluepoint has done, you know? They're yeah. super, very much like the original games. But like in the terms, like let's look at Shadow of the Colossus or something. You know, Shadow of the Colossus is a PS2 game. Yeah. Got a PS3 game, but like that's something that people would want. They want to revisit that kind of game, you know? Yeah, and like people get excited about that idea, and, and I think this proves our point. Where people aren't like, people aren't really that excited about The Last of Us, man. They're yeah, like, technology eh. is critical to video games, whether you like it or not. It is such a big part of it, and Shadow of the Colossus is a game that can benefit by being remade because the technology improves so much. Last of Us mm-hmm. Strength, I love the gameplay, 10 out of 10, don't at me. I love it, but like the strength is in the storytelling and that story has already been told right. to the best of its ability. You cannot tell the Last of Us 1 story any better, dude. Well, it's perfect. It's been told mm-hmm. and remastered yeah. already. Yeah. It's, not, it's yeah. not like it's just, yeah, yeah the PS3 yeah. version. Um, and it's gonna be told in a TV show. It's just like <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah. I think what always is encouraging to me, whether you know I get to experience something or more people get to experience something, when when they remake or remaster whatever the hell they do to it, something that may be beloved but not that many people have experienced. And so, like you mentioned, Shadow of the Colossus, obviously a critical darling. But in comparison to The Last of Us, I just don't think it it ever Not got... Not in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah so it coming audience. out and, and, and re-releasing and more people getting to partake in it, I think is really Another cool. Another great point. Um, totally. Same thing with Demon's Souls, right? So when Demon's Souls uh, got remade, mm-hmm. 
it, so many people were like, oh. To P- it was locked to PS3 and that's it. Yeah, correct? so many and people are like, I never played forever. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love when games get a chance to expose themselves to a new audience. And I know that this isn't true, but boy, it feels like everybody's playing Everyone. Last of Us. Like if you wanted to play yeah. Last yeah. Yeah, and it's so like convenient already. It's already yeah. so convenient with the remaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on your PS4, PS3, your PS5. PS4, PS5. You can literally play it on three versions of PlayStation. Yeah, uh, just, it is mind blowing. Just it's it just feels like man, just do do so. There's so many other games you could do, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the worst. About. Just the worst time to announce this too. There's been a lot of bad vibes for PlayStation. I feel like Sony in the past couple months. It's been like one because well, they're like they shut bad... down like the Japan studios and all that reed shuffling going on. Yeah, it's like yeah, people are afraid of it turning into just like a big you know triple A blockbuster game studio only. Mm-hmm. It's like man, but you miss out on some cool stuff if you just focus like that. I think what uh, the other side of this conversation, though, is worth bringing up is I don't want them to do it, but I love Last of Us so much that I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it if they do it. And I think that's I think that's what's so so annoying. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like in a way, like, yes, you are absolutely part of the problem. But it's like I feel like I'm being punished for loving and supporting something, you know, like I'm not the suit making the decision like Mm -hmm. and 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 from a business sense this is a sure bet right like oh my god they they, they remake last of us no matter how much the internet complains like it's gonna do super well it's gonna do super well yeah that's the thing it's a guaranteed home run yeah i wonder yeah i wonder if it's part of factions or what the hell i mean maybe it could be who knows who knows what's gonna happen we're coming up on a year from last of us part two so expect uh some juicy info in the next couple months i feel like it's time i mean summer obviously i I wouldn't say expect anything around a time date but i'm sure they're just working away on that game you know yeah when it's ready i guess hubert you know obviously last of us is is beloved to you as well but the, the the fear that i kind of have with the last of us especially now that there's also this hbo show and this remake and all this stuff like there's a lot going on with the last of us but last of us is something that i don't i don't want to see it become bad basically it's like i know it's like i I feel like last of us one had a very strong purpose and i think last Mm -hmm. of us part two had a very strong purpose and i think what makes them special is that purpose and this this understanding of those characters and this journey that they go on and it's just like i don't want the I don't want them to force it. You know, I don't want them to like mm-hmm. keep going just because it does so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, show some restraint. Mm-hmm. I loved the last of us. Like just for being what it is, this freaking brutal high budget triple a game, dude. I mean, you think it's Hollywood, sure, but, like, The Last of Us is pretty much as brutal as you can possibly get, subject matter-wise, yet it's also mainstream blockbuster triple A. Like, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that about it. But it is now with narrative. Yeah, and with all of these announcements, it's just becoming a little more and more Hollywood, a little more, you know, a little more yeah. blockbuster-y. So I just hope it doesn't lose... It's identity. 
truly. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's the thing, right? Where I, for both part one and part two, really the magic of, of those games to me is the story in the sense that, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but the revelations that happen, they have such a, an emotional punch to them and the way that they're delivered. And it's like, the more you just keep retelling that, it's like, I, I've, I've already had that punch. And so it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah, this it just won't hit the same. Yeah you, yeah, you you don't feel the things that you want to feel yeah. in the same way. Yeah. Like yeah. we've been through so damn much and now you're going to sell us on the journey again, the part one again. Like I just came out of the other side, Naughty Dog. I am I don't need it. Nobody asked for this. Well, I played I played the remaster a year ago, damn it. And Huber, I want to I want to touch on that because you've I don't know how many times you've played through the last but you've played through it like, like 5 6 7 at least. And yeah. and what I love part 1 Yeah, I've I've played through part 1 twice uh and what I love is is I feel like that sense of replaying comes from a place of love. It's like it's yes. like a choice that you are making as a player. I love these characters so much. I love this world so much. I love this story so much. I want to revisit it. And so you do uh, when you feel it's the right time. I feel like with this remake, the sense that I'm getting from all of this is like, I guess I'll go through it. And that's that's exactly know, not... Right? Oh my God, that's yeah. exactly what it is. The, the, it is. Like, yeah, the, the, is they're, making, is. they're making it like this this like weird obligation. Hey, like to, it's hey, like a job. you have to play this now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're well, releasing this. I guess I gotta play Last of Us again. <laughs> you know, it's kind of diminishing the, the fire, I guess. It's yeah, bizarre. Well. It is it is baffling. And just with the current momentum, we're definitely in a in a Microsoft moment right now they're crushing it at least that's my perception uh we will see in the coming months what shakes out of this because yeah yeah i I don't know i don't know a single soul guys i don't know a single soul who asked for this and is pumped and i know people are excited i know you'll see you know i bet we'll read 100 comments on this page Mm -hmm. super hyped can't wait gonna play it day Mm -hmm. one but I just, I ask those same people. That's the thing. I ask those same people. If you're one of those people that says 100% I'm there, Last of Us remake, yes. I ask you if you would take it above all other remakes, you know? Right. I think- if, if, if that's the one, really, you would take above over above a Metal Gear remake, above a Dino Crisis remake, above a, you know- Name a million things. Metroid Prime. Like, the list goes on. Yeah, it's not that this doesn't have any value or any, yeah. it, like, any appeal to it whatsoever. It's just the fact that it's, like, an opportunity that could be so much more. Yeah. 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 Because yep. Sony has unlimited resources. Yeah. <laughs> they could choose to make anything they want. It, Days they, Gone too. It really oh, feels like they are in a position where they could remake or whatever they wanted yeah yeah and yeah if they went all in they could go all in on a project anytime i feel like yeah like but this is the one they're choosing imagine if they were like you know we're gonna give ape escape another shot that'd be, that'd be, <laughs> sick. <laughs> be yeah. sick yeah kojima comes in for a little collaboration sure. you know yeah guest designs a level i know they they need to like not be afraid of these smaller games like i guess uh destruction all-stars is a good example of like a a smaller game, you know, that mm-hmm. Sony like really is pushing. I hope they just have more ideas like this in the future. 
already is similar to that. Smaller scale. Well, I don't like, think All Stars did too well, so that's not a good sign. Well, I mean, that's a different thing of like a game, you know. Like, yeah. Sorry, Sony. If you did Jack and Daxter remakes, they, they would do better than Destruction All Stars. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got to pick the right things. Yeah. Financially, The Last of Us is a home run, and it's probably gonna do super well for them. So I understand that, but it just sucks because there's so much more they could be doing. Yeah. Siphon filter, dude. Where have you been, Siphon filter? Come on back. We miss you. I mean, I, I mean you could just keep Sony going. Ben right? like the was, list is Sony so Ben long. was doing yeah. days gone. Exactly. Now let's go. Let's go. Siphon filter. Maybe then that's their new game on too. Yeah. Just Sweet anything games. other than a Last of Us remake. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's One so of my. I don't know. It, it doesn't all... excite me. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. Not not a easily. knock on the game at all. Yeah. Even a little bit. We like, don't need it. It reminds me of Resident Evil 4 remake, you know, where people are like, it doesn't need a remake kind of yeah. thing. But at least yeah. Resident Evil 4 came out in 2003. Right. And the game's totally. old now, you know? Right. And they could, based off their, their other remakes, it'll be different. Whereas, like, if they're following the lines of, like, Blue Point style remake, it's going to be, like pretty much the exact same game yeah mm-hmm. it's it's funny brad because the last of us remake makes resident evil 4 remake look appealing by comparison mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah even weirder too just coming off of the backlash from last of us part two you know how exhausting was that guys ben how exhausting was the last was of us part exhausting. two yeah. discourse i mean and I- then now we're supposed to like buy into a remake just like I'm, I'm exhausted from all things Last of Us, so right. I needed like a a year plus to recharge. I guess I, I adore Last of Us too. Same, but just because something is good doesn't mean I want it all the time. And yes, mm-hmm. the discourse around Last of Us two was like a lot of it really had nothing to do with the game itself. It's just the totally. the, the way people were choosing to talk about it was. It was a, like a level of intensity that made it like not fun to talk about. Like I don't, yeah. I truly don't care if you don't like the game. That's not what I'm saying. Totally. It's just like it just Calm felt. Down it was like it. it was like an at each other's throats yeah. kind of discourse that was like pay sixty dollars or don't. Well, you can pay sixty dollars and hate it. I, I like. I think it's it, it's just. <laughs> There's like true. I guess that was part of the big argument was the whole false advertising. Well, well said, Ben. It was just like, <laughs> what? Am I, I don't even want to go down. Yeah, this well, I don't either. I like you said, Huber. I'm exhausted with it. I'm, <laughs> yeah, o- I'm, I'm over exhausted. it. I don't care. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, we'll just we'll just end with Last of Us remake. Not that exciting. Yes. But we'll probably play it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Dude, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? The day it comes out, I'm gonna play the remaster instead. Take that. I don't think you're gonna <laughs> yeah, do that. Right, I don't think. You're I, know, do that. I know. I know. I know. I. I would. Liar. I would bet a lot of money that you will not do that. Yeah. Straight up lies. <laughs> uh, are we ready for some emails? Yes. Yes. Oh, you guys just called me out immediately <laughs> <laughs> no i i, I wouldn't you, even want you to do that dude yeah if i wouldn't want you to do that either. still i'd just be like nah Hubert, it's okay man yeah. <laughs> i want you to I play know, a game you want to play because they're gonna show that trailer and it's gonna be like holy f yeah dude. it's gonna look great hype train unleash and yeah. and they even well, remade they some of those fuck it up because some of those scenes are redone in part two you know we see part one mm-hmm. in part two 
We've already we see it. Crazy. Um, our first email comes in from Ricky. Uh, this this one has some complexity to it. So really quickly, oh my god, I'm sorry. Before you go on, <laughs> Ben, I yeah. know, I am sorry. I think it's interesting that Resident Evil came out in '96, but its remake was in '02. That's only a six-year gap. Mm-hmm. But the leap in technology between was PS1 and 64 yeah. to you know the next generation was was. What if wild. Last of Us remake looks even ten times better than Part Two? Then is it worth it? Ten times better than Part or Two. Like, I can't oh, even what, imagine. Not ten. Not ten. To, what if it? Because because Part Two is a PS4 game. What if it blows mm-hmm. Part Two I think it out of the water? Than part Two. Yeah, of course, but. I'm sure it'll look visually great, you know, yeah. like Demon Souls looked great. Yeah. Like theoretically, I think I think in the case of Last yeah. of Us, it's like how much am Good I benefit it benefiting from it looking better? Mm-hmm. Like great question. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Last of Us and like even if it's so real, I, even if it's uncanny right, valley real, right. it doesn't change much. Right. It does I don't I don't know how cuz like for both the PS3 and the PS4 with Part 2, those are some of the best-looking, most technologically mm-hmm. impressive games on those platforms already. Um, I don't know, the re- The remake would have to make me feel like I'm actually killing a person. I don't know that I've ever seen <laughs> or been a part of a Last of Us conversation where somebody went, I just wish it looked better. I don't know that that's ever been said in in a critical discourse of Last of Us. I, you know, it could have looked better. Like, who said that? (laughs) No one said that. All right. Sorry. I thought thought of Resident Evil only six years and that I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I've had to change the timestamp like three (laughs) times. It's all right. That was great. That was also in an era where there wasn't a ton of remakes. Right. Oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Our first email comes in from Ricky. Uh, you're going to want to pay close attention to this because there's some complexity here. Hey, Ben and Allies. Uh, I've been following all of the E3 is back news and the discussion around last year's digital game press conference replacements. The sentiment I keep hearing from various outlets and viewers is that they miss having game announcements in one big week. Last year's showcases just didn't seem to have the structure or expectations set for any of them to be memorable. I personally enjoyed the nonstop nature of last year as 2020 was rough. It was nice to have new games and events to look forward to during that time. However, many of the shows didn't have any big surprises, covered the same games, and sometimes far too many games for any one thing to stand out. I know E3 can often produce the same effect, but having recaps and coverage from EZA always made it more digestible. Uh, E3 had its problems, but I think many are glad to have it back. However, we will likely see something similar to last year's summer game mess on top of E3. Can there be a best of both worlds scenario this year? For this game, each ally will need to pick, and I'm I'm not going to have each of us do it, we'll just do it collectively. Each ally will need to pick three of the following uh, summer game mess showcases to return alongside E3 this year. For each showcase, assign a showstopper to headline the event. Each showstopper could be a gameplay demo, release date, reveal of a new game, or whatever you can dream up. Are we being cute? Are, are they saying summer game mess instead of fest? Yeah, they're, yes. They're being cute? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, okay. So we have a list of things from last summer, and let's let's collectively pick three of them, and then something 
that could be there that would really make it exciting. So you have cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. IGN's Summer of Gaming, okay. Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest, okay. PlayStation's Summer 2021 State of Play, feels like an obvious one to pick, uh, Future Game Show, Guerrilla Collective, EA Play, New Game Expo, Bit Summit Gaiden, and Stadia Connect. So we pick three of these pick to do. Three of these, yeah. I went okay, through we those want, pretty fast. I, I can refresh. We them. want Summer Game Fest. Yeah, I would like to have Summer Game Fest with Keeley. Sure. And we want the state of play. I thought I'm having a hard time EA might have uh, EA might have some potential. Okay, sure, yeah. We don't have to do EA. We can do another one if you want. I mean, I honestly a lot of the shows, I don't remember a lot of them. EA is just frustrating, dude. Oh, it is. But the Every fact that I get to be in control a... of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Ben. This is what I want in life. Yes. <laughs> ben in control of EA. It, it, like, you're right. Like, whenever we do E3 and it's EA's turn, it's always like, it's it's like always the worst parts. <laughs> well, or one of the like... worst parts. Yeah. And their freaking catalog is so deep. Every time we're like, yo, this could show up. Yeah. This could show up. And it nothing ever does. But I think about like EA and it's like, okay, immediately the showstopper is, you know, lengthy Mass Effect gameplay. That'd be yeah. awesome. That'd be a showstopper. That'd be yeah. a, mm-hmm. something everybody would or be talking Dragon about. Or Dragon Age, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, I would personally or a new Star like Wars. Like Jedi Fallen Order yes. 2. Yes. Something was, like that. Was Bethesda on this list? No. They didn't do anything last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they I mean, did. I think. EA Play, there's a lot of games we could get excited for. But now Bethesda is Xbox anyway, so... Yeah! <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shit, that's part of just Microsoft. Yeah. Flexing, Microsoft. Flexing. Um, for for Jeff money. Keely, <laughs> what, would, what would be like a Keely showstopper? I feel like big publishers could show up at Keely's thing. Keely so show... You could, get, you could get Nintendo, you could get Microsoft, you could get Sony at Keely. Yeah, you could get anything. I feel like, you like get I would want, man. I would want Breath of the Wild two with uh, with Keeley or something, but showing the game off or something. Yeah, my mind, Brad, immediately went to Breath of the Wild two as well. But thinking about it, it's like, well, in this scenario, like Nintendo E three is happening still. So would you separate Breath of the Wild two from? Oh Nintendo? yeah, that's true, Ben. That's a good yeah. point. Mm. I do think Hills dude Keeley is Silent Silent Hills when Silent Hill comes (laughs) back Keeley is delivering the news but wouldn't that be state of play um I don't think I don't think it needs to be okay I don't think it needs to be I could see Hmm. because it's like third party you know but it may may not be this time yeah true and I wonder if like Kojima is fully, fully done with it, you know, or if there would be a new out of the ashes of PT, hmm. you know? Yeah. Because like you look at when that happened versus now, obviously no one even knew what the hell was going on when it went down. Now it's mythical. Why wouldn't you want Kojima to make a Silent Hill game? Maybe this um wouldn't be enough of a showstopper for many people. I would be really excited about it, but... Like, like a new yacht club game, like a new, mm-hmm. like what are they doing after Shovel Knight mm-hmm. game? I think would be yeah. really neat. 
ridiculous big big dream <laughs> world of warcraft 2 at keely's thing that would be Boom, insane that would be, be insane. that would be like Just one of the biggest insanity. announcements ever yeah that'd be insane yeah. yeah there needs to be like the loudest drumming when yeah. it happens I want to hear the war drums. I want Keely to go, and I want him to scream it. I want Keely to scream for the horde, and like yes. rip off his shirt. Yeah, dude. And, and just be like, yeah, for the alliance, you know, pounding horde. Uh, yeah, for the alliance. And I want Chris Metzen to be there, even if he doesn't yeah. work at Blizzard. Yeah, anymore, there's nothing to, to do there with the, the project. Energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the number one Sony revival on deck? What's the number one? Let's 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 have a definitive one right now. It's no longer. I know Final that Fantasy people VII. really want. What's the number uh, one? Legend of Dragoon to come back in some way. Dragoon isn't that Saturn though? No, no, no. no that's Legend of Dragoon. Panzer yeah. Dragoon. That's Panzer. You're thinking Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. The number one Sony revival in terms of like, it has that to be a Sony. Want. It has to be a first party. Or like something synonymous with Sony, or or a first party, even yeah, just so that that Sony one. I mean, to, that has been dormant to me because of the series legacy on this console, as well as PT. To me, it is it is Silent Hill. Silent Hills, yeah. Silent Hill would be huge. Like you, yeah, it's Silent not Hill. technically like Sony, Sony, but it. But the origins. Yeah. Uh, it's like Resident the, Evil technically isn't Sony, yeah. but like origins. It feels the associated with Sony. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. Legend of Dragon is 100 percent Sony. So oh, Legend of Dragon. Be, That'd be so pretty good. wild. That would be okay. Legend of Dragon. There That'd it is. get a lot of people pumped. Yeah, it'd be just so unexpected. I think. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, I could see for like a um, what was the other one? We did Summer Game Fest and State of Play and. Tentatively EA, we don't have to do that one, but oh okay, we talked we talked about it. Yeah, I was gonna say for another one. Um, holy shit, my mind just legit went blank. It'll it'll come back to me. That was dude. <laughs> gone, gone. Mind, mind gone. I, Full mind, mind jack. I think it would be really sick at any of these to see Dragon's Dogma two. Yeah, yes, dude. Ben. Yes. yes. Like Mass you, appeal, baby. just put it anywhere. I don't care. Just put it anywhere, <laughs> dude. Uh, I would also really love like a Mega Man X Nine. That would be extremely exciting for me. Oh Tony. shit! Street Fighter yeah, Six, you know any of that stuff? All, all the obviously, Capcom uh, stuff. Obviously, like Onimusha, Usual Suspects, yeah. dude. Usual Suspects. Yeah. The Usual Suspects Evil within uh, three. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. But yeah, I feel like if we're in charge, dude. If we're if we're Sony. With this, with this Microsoft news, you know, got to keep, got to keep attacking nostalgia. I guess yeah. that's Sony's greatest asset, their greatest weapon, is like right yo, now, you grew yeah, up playing these people franchises, yeah. So just hit that well. Um, our next email comes in from Alexander, who says, uh, playing as Hero's Companion. Hello, Ben and panel. Which game would you like to play as the Hero's Companion instead of the main hero? To be clear, I'm not talking about a standalone story with this character in a leading role. I'm talking about playing as a support character in a game we already know. For example, in God of War 2018, you will play as Atreus and have to follow an AI-controlled Kratos, shoot arrows at specified targets, open doors, read runes, and so on, but only when you are told what to do. Or only when you are told to do so. I'd be Midna. Mm. 
Oh, Minden is an interesting pick. Zelda in general is, I feel like there's a lot of possibility there. Go ahead and uh, solve those puzzles, Link. Let me know when you need me. <laughs> uh, I wonder if you could do like Ashley Resident Evil 4. Oh my God. You just hide in a dumpster. Yeah. I mean, we already play as her, but yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, just like more. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you're just like tied up? Just yell. Yeah. Spam Leon! X A. Help me, Leon. Leon. Oh, shit, I had one, but I totally. It, mind wipe, dude. Yeah, mind yeah. wipe. Fuck. Yeah, there's it? there's a lot that I'm. <laughs> not thinking of here um maybe playing as like elizabeth in bioshock infinite since you have those weird like oh brad that's a great one that's a really really good one yeah 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 diana burnwood in hitman oh that's that's you know because it would be (laughs) it could be such sick dlc because it would be like you're hacking in shit you're telling Hitman, like, yo, third floor, Huber, there's that uh, is your target. Uh-huh. I'm amazed that they haven't done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. Shit. That'd be cool DLC. Both of them. Yeah, fun mode. I'm trying to think of. Just like watching 47 in real time, like, go through the environment, too. It'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. Or if it was co op, even, and you had to communicate with your partner. Like, I mean, Hitman. 47 doesn't really need help, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what about being Joseph Huber from Evil Within? Show, dude. <laughs> if Evil Within doesn't, 3 doesn't happen, I can't complain because I've already gotten so much in life. <laughs> yeah. But I want it. I want it so hey, bad. Hey, dude, maybe Microsoft will invest in it now. <laughs> oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. I thought about being nico in devil may cry 5 because she like mm-hmm. just shows up with the van in the most awkward places and like driving mm, runs over shit yeah just like having to drive the van and meeting up with like nero or something that could be really fun mm-hmm. oh a... i thought about just being uh <laughs> being like yangus in drag quest 8 with the hero or some shit that could be fun, dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was yeah. thinking about JRPGs as well, but it's kind of weird because you like control them. You do have yeah. control over them, yeah, yeah. But, but like, I get your what whole you mean. point of the game is just to watch his back, right? Protect him, dude. Make sure he gets the quest done. Executioner. Um, our last email comes in from Chris. Uh, it's a bit of a long one, so get ready. Remake Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> can think of 1,000 remakes we need more than The Last of Us. Do you think we could come up with yeah. 1,000 video games? Oh, dude, I don't know if I could come Probably, up with 1,000. Yeah. 1,000 Do you think, we, I, I do you think we could come we up could. with 100? I think we could digits? definitely, absolutely yes. come up with 100. Yes. The thing about Dragon Quest <laughs> Eight is like, it doesn't even really need to be remade. Like, it already, it still looks so good. Just a remaster. Yeah, just, oh, shit. just, just put Bump it out. the resolution up and the yeah. frame rate. And yeah. It's good to go. Um, our last email comes in from Chris. Hey, Ben and other allies, I've been a big fan for a long time, and this is my first ever question. It's a bit of a long one. So the past couple of years, we've seen at least two well-respected and well-loved developers incur a lot of criticism slash backlash and lose almost all of their fans' goodwill with the bad release of one game, and they are Bethesda Game Studios and CD Projekt Red. 
One similarity I noticed between both releases is that their main issues all involve problems they had in the past. For Bethesda, their games were infamous for being filled with bugs slash glitches, but most people overlooked this and praised their game because their worlds were so immersive and the story and characters were well written. I can't help but feel that this eventually became a crutch because as soon as they did not have this and their bugs were on front stage with the release of Fallout 76, they immediately got a lot of backlash from fans and critics alike. CDPR faced a similar situation as a lot of their past games were very unstable on consoles while the PC versions were fine, which was especially true for Witcher 3. However, because their games are so well received, most people either ignored this or forgot about it. When Cyberpunk 2077 was released with the exact same problems, uh, it was to such an extreme degree that no one could ignore it anymore. In both situations, I can't help but think that both companies had a lot of consistent development issues that they ignored because their games were considered good until they released a bad game, which caused fans and the market to force them to address their own issues. This leads to my question. Does our praise and good ratings for a game, even if there are noticeable issues, eventually lead to bad games? And should both fans and critics put more emphasis on the problems with good games to avoid this? Thank you and stay safe. No. I think... Each game is its own unique thing, mm-hmm. you know, whether it turns out good or bad. Like each game, every time a game is developed, it's different problems arise and different, you know, outcomes yeah. arise. Um, there's also because like some elements of the video game industry are kept secret, mainly like budgets and stuff. There's less, way less, I feel like, about who is actually making the video game like we know about the director usually and the composer but like there's so much key personnel that we don't like that may have worked on witcher 3 but not cyberpunk like i feel like in movies we know a lot about that stuff we know a lot of the crew you know who's on special effects who's on the cinematographer who's the screenwriter like these key positions i feel like with certain studios you know like like for example rare it's not the same rare that it used to be so why are we judging this rare based on banjo kazooie because they're they're like if it's not the same rare then why are Mm -hmm. you still calling yourself that like yeah a lot of people using they're using the name as a a shield it is without a doubt using the name to Mm -hmm. help rope you in you know yeah which I think CD Projekt, not CD Projekt, they're not doing that, but, but like, you know. But I, I, I remember a bunch of Witcher 3 people, like, bounced off of Cyberpunk during development. You know, this thing took so long. Like, yeah. people were, were coming and going. So mm-hmm. who, who knows how important some of those behind-the-scenes people yeah. really are. Like, there are so many unsung heroes that make a game great. And, like... People leave. People have other jobs. So yeah. it's a, it's an interesting question that I think about. Just like a, a company's legacy, for sure. I I definitely think there is a, a seed of truth in what this emailer is asking, but I, I think it just always comes down to does the good outweigh the bad? And mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned previous Bethesda games being buggy, and Witcher Three being buggy, which is which is true, but. The, the consensus in both of those cases was that, that it was worth 
committing to or sticking effort, with because yeah. there was yeah. There's a lot of good things to find. And to be fair, I played Witcher 3 on console and it was buggy for one over a little over a month for sure. Yeah. But nowhere near right. cyberpunk levels. Nowhere near. I played them both on console. Right. And, you know, I, I think in the cases of Fallout 76 and cyberpunk, you know, looking at the launches of those, I think there was it was a level of severity that just could not be ignored. Right. Again, the, the bad was mm-hmm. outweighing the good uh, mm-hmm. in depending on what you're looking at specifically. And so, but to, to this emailer's point, uh, reading about cyberpunk, I, I read that like, yeah, in CD project, they were like, Oh, we made Witcher three. We'll be fine. And on some level, you can understand that. I mean, that was, that was like a universally praised game and I'm sure it did maybe affect their, their mentality to some degree on some level at some position within the company. But, that's not the audience's fault, I don't think. Like, I don't think back to previous Bethesda games or um, the the praise of The Witcher 3, and I don't think to myself, like, oh, like, they didn't deserve it. Like, I do think those games deserved the praise that they got, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's... I don't think it's, it's up to the audience for the developer to remain consistent or to advance as the times advance. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to also keep in mind, right. That when you're talking about these games, they make that it may have been their last one was five years ago or 10 years ago. And so what was getting praised, the expectations were different in that time. And as we advance mm-hmm. forward expectations and, and audience interests are going to change and, and your mm-hmm. tolerance for certain things are going to change as well and so it it can be difficult i i think trying to put them on the exact same level when there's different circumstances surrounding individual releases totally yeah that's why uh just commend resident evil so well you know when they stumble they pivot resident evil 6 out of that came revelations and seven and you know mixing it up yeah listening to the feedback and changing changing the vibes changing it up yeah but it's it's so interesting you know being involved in this industry for a long time and seeing series have their high points and have their low Mm -hmm. points where everybody loves them and then everybody hates them and then Mm -hmm. everybody loves them again Mm -hmm. um totally so you know nothing is set in stone I, i i don't think like by any means the 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 book is closed on like Fallout as a series or CD Projekt Red as a company uh, at all. Like I, I yeah, gamers I are the most ever. What have you done for me lately? Yes, absolutely. Or, or not even gamers are. What are you doing for me right now? Yeah. Because like, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, thank you so much to everybody who wrote in for the thoughtful emails. Uh, it's fun to go through. And thank you so much to my panelists, Michael Huber and That's Bradley it? Ellis. Already? Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. Damn. Don't want to let you down. All right. <laughs> I'm just ready to keep talking to you guys. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. You know, like juicy topics, I feel like. Yeah. Juicy. I'm very invested in remakes, <laughs> you know. True. You yeah. have passion. <laughs> I'm very invested in this Outriders review right now. You guys, you guys got me with the good stuff. 
If you would like to uh, send in an email to Frametrap, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. will also be in the description. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you want to, you know, you want Huber to keep talking, uh, go to patreon.com slash easyallies where you can directly support us. It really helps it out us out. We really appreciate it. And until next time.